Libya update, details at midnight. That's right, it's commentary monthly Monday. I guess we are already bringing it in, seeing as how you came up with such a witty opener. And that's right, <laughs> folks, it's Christmas. <laughs> you should play that song. <laughs> oh, God almighty. Yep, Christmas again. Can you believe it? <sighs> I guess. What, what did we do last year for commentary monthly Monday on Christmas time? What was um, our. Did you do I Die Hard? I don't think we were running. Do were we doing commentary monthly Monday? We well, might I, I not mean, have we been. did. Scotty and I did did, did die, die hard. hard. But I don't, yeah, but I don't know that commentary monthly was a regular feature then, was it? When so did we start is, doing that? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think we're only on like ten or something like that. So right. I don't know. We yeah. haven't been numbering it, so I, I don't know. Yeah, because it wouldn't be in sync with the other ones. Is why we don't number them. Right. Plus, it's easier for them to slap up on Zarban and people. Zarban. Zarban. Every time I say Zarban or somebody says Zarban, I still think of that old Robin Williams E.T. and Friends special that had the guy going, Zoltek. It was one of those old UFO video things where the guy claiming he'd been kidnapped or something. I've been to the planet Zoltek. Zoltek. This is going to be a strange one already, folks, if you you don't know. So the idea with this one is, uh, I think this was actually your idea, wasn't it? Was it? I guess. Sure. I think it was. I'll take credit. (laughs) (laughs) For better or worse. Well, you know, we. I think how it, how the how this one started. I think the origin of this one was uh, the genesis of this one was that we were trying to think of a Christmas movie that we could do. You know, that both we we both knew, we both liked, and you know that we felt was was a good one. And I don't think we could ever really come to an agreement. And you already did Die Hard, so there. You I go. already did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I already did Die Hard last Christmas with Scotty. And so it was a matter of okay, well, you know, and you're not a you're not much on Christmas to begin with, so it was like all right. So I think from there you you had pitched the idea. Well, why don't we just do some you know some classics, you know, and from there it just became the idea of well, let's do kind of a a good a good the bad and the ugly type of thing for Christmas. You know, like we'll we'll have 
you know, we'll have a good one. We'll have, a, you know, one that we really like, and we'll have, like, one that we're like, God, that was awful. Uh, and I kind of like that idea, and that's kind of where, where uh, we're going with this. Although, arguably, I think the, the first two are both, you know, really good. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely in, in the top, you know, depending on what websites you look at, the top, you know, or who two you're or talking three or to, four, yeah. Yeah, exactly, of, of, you know, the perennial favorites. And then there's one that's just... I think we're just going to have fun because I think it sucks. I've always thought it sucked. Even from when I was a kid, I thought it was terrible. And I tried to talk you out of it, but now the more I think about it, I think we can just have fun with it. So, so do we want to do we want to leave them in the dark as to which ones they are? Or? Kerplunk. Kerbluey. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll, let, well, we'll tell them what we're heading off uh, the be- the beginning with. And then, okay. then, then... Um, then they'll be so intrigued as to what's <laughs> next that they won't be able to peel their ears off their headphones or their speakers to <laughs> till this is all over. Or they'll curse us because they don't have the DVD of that one. But it'll come on television, too. So although I'm sure commercials will totally screw up our commentary. But you know what? I don't care. You guys, <laughs> that's their problem. They got to manage. They got to manage the the commentary we'll just do the talking well the first one we're gonna do is arguably well it, 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 there's there's a toss-up but you know i mean it's iconic and it's, right. it's uh and i believe it was the first of us uh, of a string of specials was this the first special um Arguably, yes. There was a documentary before it called A Boy Named Charlie Brown. But as far as the actual, you know, specials themselves, you know, as far as a story, Mm -hmm. this is the very first one. You know, this is the one that kicked it off. And so it's a Charlie Brown Christmas if you haven't figured it out yet. (laughs) You know, a couple years ago, you know, when the kids were still, you know, the boys were still small, I found uh, a download of like all of the Charlie Brown specials. And oh my God, there's there a lot are of them. so many. I mean, so many more than I knew of. I mean, I knew, right. of, you know, this one, the Great and Pumpkin, Halloween, and, and Thanksgiving, and Easter, and, you know, you know, several of them, you know, the Race for Your Life, and all those. But, but not there like are, Arbor Day. And yeah, I mean, there's a <laughs> ton of them. And I started watching my way through, and I, I made it maybe halfway through because the Charlie the Brown Take Your kids. Kid to Work Day special, the <laughs> right. Charlie Brown. <laughs> You're a drunk Miller, Charlie Brown. Yeah, yeah, Miller Fillmore's birthday special. <laughs> yeah, they milked it a little bit, but yeah, exactly. But this was this this is and this established. Well, we'll get into it when we get into the into the meat of it. But before we do that. We've got a little business we gotta attend to. <gasps> we got emails. Thank you guys so much for uh, for listening and, and responding to the plea to uh, send us some feedback. We like feedback. So our first one is from our good buddy Jose A. Rivera, and he writes about the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen discussion. He says, hey, guys, he says, boy, am I glad you guys did a commentary on this movie. It seems like yesterday I was sitting in the theater watching it. And let me tell you guys, I caught so much flack from casual movie fans who said it was a schlocky piece of garbage. And I certainly got it from comics fans who thought the movie was an insult to the genius that is Alan Moore. I'm not a huge Moore fan. I've read his stuff 
and I can take it or leave it, but I'm not a rabid fan. I read the comic in preparation for the movie and thought it was okay, but I honestly like the movie better. To me, it's a fun adventure movie. I love stuff like that. He says, while the uh, with the paintings in the background of the scene with M, um, he says, while it's a fake out Moriarty set up, uh, it's still a fun nod to the comics previous leagues. The characters you guys were wondering about um, that you thought might have been the fan of the opera, it was Dr. Sin, the Scarecrow of Romney Marsh, which is also a decent Disney film with the prisoner himself, Patrick McGowan. Hmm, I didn't know that. I mean, I've heard of that movie, but I didn't know that that's who the character is. I remember watching, now that you mentioned that, I remember watching that movie in the elementary, in the Carthage Elementary School cafeteria one night. They had, like, they would show movies there. Hmm. I wonder if I've ever seen that movie. I mean, I never watched, I mean, we used to watch, like, Wonderful World at Disney and stuff like that sometimes. It was like the Scarecrow and Mr. Sin or something like that was the name of the movie. Yeah. Says on the subject of vampires and the daylight, Michael is right that in the novel, Dracula can go out in the daylight, but he's not as strong. If memory if memory serves me right, it wasn't until Nosferatu that it got established that sunlight can kill a vampire. It's one of those things that stuck around, and everyone assumes uh, it was always there, like people who think uh, Bela Lugosi's Dracula had fangs. It's just a snowball effect uh, where it. Uh, just became assumed over time. What Dracula, Lugosi's Dracula didn't have fangs? Nope. Huh, didn't know that. Uh, I don't have a lot of complaints about the movie, to be honest. I think Moriarty is my biggest complaint because, yeah, I uh, knew who Moriarty was, but I don't get how he survived Reichenbach, Reichenbach Falls and created this empire. If you didn't know who Moriarty was, you'd probably be scratching your head and saying, and... That's a good point, actually. Yeah, he just mentions that he survives it, but there's no explanation at all given as to how he survived it. I I don't know. I think if you're going into a movie with a, a, you should know who Moriarty, into a movie like that, you should probably know who Moriarty is. Just if you're interested in the first place, you should probably know that much about enough about Sherlock Holmes, you know? Right. Well, I don't know that anyone expected Sherlock, you know, anything related to Sherlock Holmes going in. Because I still maintain that the biggest reason that that movie didn't do better is that the average uh, American, anyway, moviegoer, you know, I'm tempted to say average dumbass American, but, you know, I don't want to be self-deprecating. But, you know, um, (laughs) I think the average American that went into that movie just didn't have a clue who the characters were. I think that's the biggest drawback well. <laughs> box office wise to that movie yeah, is that yeah. people went in and just said, I don't know any of these characters or, you know, they might've known one or two. And, you know, like say, uh, that's Captain James Nemo, Bond there. Say, yeah. You know, they'll look at Captain Nemo and go, well, he doesn't look like, you know, the Disney film or, you know, whatever. So I, I think it just, I think that's why it failed to latch on to the average, um, box, you know, movie goer. And then, the other audience was the comic book fans who it seems most wanted of them, the Alan Moore comic. they wanted the Alan Moore. So yeah, I, I think it just, it just failed to reach an audience. I think was the biggest drawback for that movie. Um, Jose continues. So oh, he says, okay. So in terms of those, uh, I'd like to see in an uh, late eighties to mid nineties incarnation of the league, I'd go for a supernatural vibe. I always wanted Jason Voorhe- Voorhees father who in Jason Goes to Hell had the Necronomicon of all things in his possession. Use it to resurrect the characters made famous by 80s horror. 
From slashers to ghosts to deadites and everything in between, the world is overrun by these terrible things. I'd have Buckaroo Banzai be the one to recruit a, a select few to deal with the situation. He first turns to the Ghostbusters, who have disbanded, <laughs> leaving only Egon, who is happy to get back in the game and eager to share notes and theories with Buckaroo. I'd bring in someone who uh, really isn't known for adventuring, but someone Egon can uh, could have looked up to as a kid when he watched movies about the supernatural. Peter Vincent, the great vampire killer. Oh, that's a great idea. There's gonna <laughs> be some. That. There's gonna be some old scraggled out ap- actors for this movie, though. <laughs> He says, and because uh, sometimes technology isn't enough, uh, they go uh, with someone who can see ghosts without the aid of a PK, uh, PKE meter, uh, Frank Bannister. Who's Frank Bannister? I don't, I don't get that one. I thought he was going to say John Constantine. Uh, but even then, they'd need someone with uh, some experience in both the malevolent nature of the dead and in books about them. Lita Dietz. Or Lydia, Lydia oh, that name sounds familiar. Oh, from uh, from um, Beetlejuice. Okay. And to round out the team as someone who would be great with weapons and has a bit of everything from Buckaroo Banzai to Ghostbusters to Fright Night to the Frighteners. Oh, okay. I think uh, Frank Bannister was uh, Michael J. Fox's character from Frighteners. Oh, my God. From Beetlejuice and 80s <laughs> horror in general. How would uh, they get so- how are they going to do that? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it wouldn't be any bigger challenge than Peter Vincent, seen as how um, Roddy McDowell's been dead for a good number of years. Right. That, well, they make cameras now that take the shake out of, like, stop it. Have a special steady cam for Michael That's Jay messed up, dude. Funny, but messed up. He says, it's something I've always uh, thought about since the movie came out. Yeah, I, I can't stop thinking about that idea of, of you know, different incarnations of the league. I think that's a fun game to play. And uh, I actually, I wish, uh, you know, that people would continue to, to do, you know, run with that idea of, of making these team ups of all these diverse characters. I, I like that idea. Uh, he says, and finally... As I see my email is growing to novel length proportions, allow me to close by saying that if you guys like the movie, I highly suggest you look up Jose, uh, Philip Jose Farmer's Wald Newton theory. It looks like world, but it's Wald, W-O-L-D, Newton theory. This is, what is it? It's hard to explain, but it's a literary concept that takes the real life uh, 1795 meteorite incident near Wald Newton in Yorkshire, England, and states that the people who gathered around the meteorite unknowingly absorb radiation, and as generations passed, their descendants became the famous literary characters like Sherlock Holmes, Tarzan, Doc Savage, The Shadow, and many more. Sounds there very is a chron- Philip Jose Farmer-type story. Yeah. There is a chronology not only mapping out the Wald Newton family, but their crossovers both officially and unofficially, which in turn bring characters from film, TV, comics, pulps, animation, and so on into this universe. While sadly, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie isn't a part of this, the comics are, uh, but you should check out the website and the timeline. It helped me find some pretty interesting stories and characters that sated the appetite the movie gave me for wanting uh, to know more. And he lists the website here. It's uh, www.pjfarmer.com forward slash Newton forward slash pulp dot uh, HT, uh, HTM. So hmm, I'll have to check that. That sounds really interesting, actually. Yeah, Philip Jose Farmer was really good at that. He wrote a lot of uh, Tarzan novels. I think he wrote a, a, a Doc Savage novel or two, too. 
all hmm. within that world and you know mix it bringing them into the real world you know he was the right. the innovator of doing that he was the first one to sort of uh do that with the oz stories um, oh okay and and bring them into modern reality and and have other stories going on in oz that were more realistic sort of like the wicked book right and the the book set in that there's a couple of them i think set in oz hmm I love uh, Jose, Jose Farmer. Jose wraps up by saying, thank you guys so much for doing this commentary. I had a lot of fun listening and can't wait to hear more. But if I may recommend a fun adventure movie uh, that I also love, but people uh, crap on me for because it's regarded as a poor man's Indiana Jones. How about a commentary on the on 1999's The Mummy? You guys talked about Brendan Fraser in this commentary, and it's one of my favorite movies with him. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Exhaustedly. Jose A. Rivera. Never hmm. saw The Mummy. Yeah, you know, it's. I'm not opposed to it, but I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I, I'm not a fan. I mean, I love the music. You know, it's it's uh, Jerry Goldsmith. It's actually a really good Jerry Goldsmith score. I love Brendan Fraser. The movie just kind of failed to connect with me at all. Um, I, I couldn't tell you exactly why. I think part of the problem is I, I think I went into that movie thinking it was going to be an adaptation of uh, Anne Rice's The Mummy, which, you know, make all the fun you want. I actually liked that. I thought that was a really good book. And the comic adaptation was was fantastic. The art was really, really good. Um, and Jose Rivera, I mean, of course, is the author of Underground Adventures Volume 1, <laughs> which can yes. be bought on Amazon. Through the two true freaks. Through the two true freaks link, yes. <laughs> For 99, 99 cents, less than a dollar, you can have Jose's book. Um, but I tell you, I, I'm not opposed to that idea, that idea, and I really do like Brendan Fraser, but if I'm ever going to cover a, a Brendan Fraser movie, the first one I'm going to cover would be um, um, uh, Encino Man. I was just going to say Encino Man. I love oh. that movie. I really, I really do. I have, I, I have some... Uh, I have some rules in my in my rule book about Polly Shore movies. <laughs> Buddy. Oh, uh, let's see. We got another one here. And it's also about episode 281, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. This one is from our good friend, Billy Hogan, who does the uh, Superman Fan Podcast. He says, hi, Scott and Michael. He doesn't say hi to you because you were not part there. of that episode. Yeah. <laughs> And he you like weren't there. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He says, listen to your commentary episode uh, to the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie and decided I need to give this movie a second chance. Two movies I enjoy that were uh, not considered successful, which I enjoyed, were Sky Captain and The World of Tomorrow and The Rocketeer, uh, which I think was the better of the two. You know, we did The Rocketeer, and uh, at some point... I might, I might do like a personal uh, retake on the Rocketeer just because I, if you've listened to that episode, I wasn't happy with how it turned out. I couldn't keep my movie in sync with uh, with Chris and Mike, and I was just disappointed in my own performance in that one. Sky Captain is one I would definitely like to. Uh, I don't know about necessarily do a commentary for, but definitely do an episode about. I think that is uh, an extremely underappreciated movie. As a matter of fact, you and I did uh, an episode, God, way back when we first got started. It was within the first, like, dozen episodes we did an episode called Underappreciated Movies. And I don't know if that was one of them or not, but I know it was on my list for 
either that episode or we had planned to do a sequel to that and i think it was on the second list yeah we, we need never to get to, to that sequel. sequel there's yeah we do so but the problem is everything that was on that list i'll have to rewatch now because i don't remember <laughs> what they were because i remember sky captain um treasure planet and uh and a movie called knowing with um I think it's got Nick Cage, Cage in it. Nick Cage, dude. Yeah, yeah. Those three movies were on that list, but I, I can't. I can barely remember the three of them now. I'd have to rewatch the movies, but they, they were definitely on that list. Anyway, uh, Billy continues. He says, "I saw both of those at the theater, and The Rocketeer was a faithful adaptation, which, while it didn't follow the comic as slavishly as Watchmen did, uh, perfectly captured the essence of the comic book and the hero." Amen. I totally agree with that. He says, with Sky Captain, I went in expecting a 1930s-style science fiction serial with better special effects and got exactly what I expected. It was a fun, rollicking movie which had an innocent charm to it, which I find is a good change of pace when modern movies and comics get too grim these days. Have you seen that one? Did you see Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow? Yeah. I what did you think of that? I, I liked it, but I but there I had issues with it. I'd have to watch it again. There, there it were... Didn't... It had I'm that sorry? it had that green screen, green screen right. problem with it that some that that was with like episode one especially you know where it was right, like yeah. it was like what you were seeing was spectacular, but there was something missing about it because you always knew that the actors were just standing in a green room, right? You know, sort of stand here and stuff. But it was well, an know, enjoyable movie. It was it was a fun movie for sure. Oh, yeah. I, I had a blast watching that. I need to watch it again because I've only seen it once and I really, really liked it. But I, I really don't remember much about it now. But, you know, we talked a while ago about, um, you know, how we feel like in the future they're, they're most definitely going to start um, as technology gets more and more sophisticated. They're going to start injecting dead actors into modern movies. Yeah. And, this and is... they did that with that movie. And I didn't even realize it because it's um, is it uh Sir Lawrence Olivier? Is I think that it's Sir Lawrence Olivier. I yeah. was going to say Richard Burton at first, but it's not Richard Burton. Yeah, I think it's Sir Lawrence Olivier is is the doctor character right at the beginning of the movie. And I, I mean, it was so good. I didn't catch it. I, I had no idea. So, I, you know, right there, I think that's testament to the fact that they can do it. They can pull it off. So uh, Billy continues. He says, as for the uh, league, he says, I am a fan of the series and I have the entire comic book series from the beginning. I see your point, Scott, about Kevin Smith's art, or excuse me, Kevin O'Neill's rather, Kevin O'Neill's art. Uh, but I still enjoy it all the way back to his martial law days. Yes, I loved martial law. I was a big, big fan of martial law. As a matter of fact, I think I have all of his appearances, but I'm not. I know for for a time anyway, I was working on getting all of his appearances. He he may have had some past the point where I, you know, where I continue to care about it. Because unfortunately, I, I felt like the the more stuff they put out, the more it kind of diluted the character. But the original, I think it was a six issue miniseries, was phenomenal. It was really good. He says, uh, "I'm still looking for the second part of Martial Law Secret Tribunal, where he goes after what is clearly a spoof of the Legion of Superheroes." Uh, he says, "While I haven't read all of Alan Moore's comics, I do enjoy his work. Although I don't worship at the uh, altar of Alan Moore like some people." I think Watchmen is the best crafted comic book miniseries ever done. What? Okay. <laughs> it's a stray plot thread. Uh, there isn't a stray throp, uh, plot thread I can find, uh, and the tight nine-panel grid can serve as a textbook on comic book layout. 
Not to say that every comic should be done in that layout, but studying why certain panels break the mold can serve as a lesson on panel layout, uh, which a creator can use to fit his own style. While I uh, understand Alan Moore's and Dave Gibbons' problems with DC, I do think he's become too much of a grouchy old man and maybe believes too much of his own press. If I were in their shoes, I probably wouldn't be too happy with the Before Watchmen miniseries, but it seems to me to be a case of more being hoisted on his own petard since, uh, as I believe you mentioned, he has made much of his career using or modifying char- uh, characters that were uh, originally created by others. Hmm. You raise some interesting points, Billy, and you know I, I won't argue strongly against it. I, I do, though, take big exception to uh, to anybody that that still refers to Watchmen as like the pinnacle of comics. I, I just, it's, I still, don't uh, feel it can be thing. argued. I'm sure it can, it can be argued. Um, uh, the th- the th- this is what this is what I gotta say about Alan Moore. He's not a comic book guy. He's written comic books. He's right. a he's a goofy artist guy. He's a musician. You know, he's into weird like, you know, like a like Jimmy Page. He's into like the weird like wiki Wiccan magic stuff, and he's into being a a professional weirdo. So his right. so so he doesn't view his he views his comic stuff. I I see it this way. He views his comic stuff as just something he's done. You know. And whereas the comic world is sort of like, it's Alan Moore, the comic writer, and he's just like, whatever, guys, you know, I, I wrote some comics for you, and uh, I hate the movies that you made out of them, and bleh. So he's a grumpy artist. You can't expect him, you, you, yeah, you just can't expect him to fall into any kind of comic mold or to even have any kind of regard for the fans, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. <laughs> He uh, concludes with saying, back to the uh, League movie, he says, I guess the main reason I didn't like it when I saw it on broadcast TV or video was that I was com- uh, comparing it to the book too much. While I thought the Tom Sawyer character worked well in the movie, I still hate the reasons the suits had him inserted into the film. They think their audience is too stupid when they can't see the idiots in the mirror. Since the- I like that. So since the DVD is available very cheap, I'm going to have to pick it up and give this movie another try, forgetting uh, about the comic book series and watching the film on its own merits, which is, you know, that's all I ever asked in that episode anyway, is, you know, if you, if you, you know, read the the series, uh, you know, just try to put that out of your mind and enjoy the movie as it is. I I think in that respect, I think it holds up as what Jose described as a fun adventure movie. It's just a fun romp with, with, you know, these diverse characters, coming together as a team i i I still maintain it's a it's a really solid action flick uh he says uh thanks for another great episode guys and i hope to be able to see you in metropolis next june for the superman celebration during superman's 75th birthday and that's from uh, billy hogan again host of the uh, superman fan podcast and uh I don't know if I'll be going anywhere near uh, Metropolis uh, next June, but it's it's a thought. It's something I would like to do one of these days. But uh, unfortunately, I uh, just judging by how things are shaping up in the world of Superman, I don't think I'm going to be enjoying uh, next year yeah, very much. I just saw the I Superman. just saw the new trailer, and there wasn't a hint of fun in it. Not no. a hint. Everything looked nope. like it was shot through a day for night filter. It's all that post blue. It's 
it's Dark Knight in a Superman cape, which is exactly what I was afraid that they were going to do. So, yeah, I don't even I'm not going anywhere near that movie. I, I think I've seen all of it that I care to see just in the trailer. So but that's all I got to say on that. And with that, I think we should get into our first movie. We still have some more emails to cover so we can uh, we can hit those in the in-betweener segments. What do you say? That sounds good to me. And All our right. first up is from way back three years before Scott and I were even born, 1965. 65, can you believe it? Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, an iconic, well, we'll get into it. Shall I do the countdown? Do the countdown. We are paused at zero, zero. All right. And on go, hit play. Three, two, one. Go. <laughs> They've got the entire lake to skate on, and they skate in like this little ten foot radius. I know right you'd here. think the ice would wear out, and they'd just be dropping in. I like how Pigpen still has <laughs> dust even on the snow. I know. Man, these kids, they they uh, is their town like on a nuclear dump or something because they've got some like water on the brain or something going on. <laughs> Look at Charlie Brown. Jesus, he looks like he's about ready to slit his throat. You know, he's, he's headed to the guillotine or something, <laughs> just to look on his face. He's got, like, the lines on his eyes of, like, a 70-year-old man. See, the problem is, is that this is 1965, and he just, you know, if this were modern, then he would be diagnosed with, like, you know, severe depression, and, you know, he'd be on some pills or <laughs> he'd something. He'd be on some it, Xanax yeah. or Ritalin or something by now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, back in these days, poor Charlie Brown had to go around undiagnosed. <laughs> Meanwhile, Linus is like two years younger than him. I like Linus. I can't. I. I can't. I can never have anything to say about Linus. He was always my favorite character in, yeah. in these. I used to read Charlie Brown books all the time. Like in kindergarten, I, I. I was just loved Charlie Brown comics. Well, you know, he's he's not only probably my favorite character in these, but, you know, Logan up until, God, I don't know what age he was when he finally gave up his blankie, but, you know, that was his nickname was Linus because he had that blankie right. everywhere, you know? So, playing Crack the Whip. I love that. And this is back, this is back before Snoopy had totally, like, evolved I can't breathe. more anthropomorphically. Right. He's more dog-like, like in the old the old Charlie Brown cartoons. But I, I, you know, this, like, this had, this was, like, somehow, like, Picasso-like when they're not turned, sometimes their ears look really bizarre in these. <laughs> but, um, th this was the first time that they, like, for, for the audio, they got actual little kids, you know. Right. It, it, it's, it actually sounds like little kids reading off a... Off a piece of paper. And I always wanted to see what the kid that plays Charlie Brown actually looks like. Because the kid that played um, Linus was actually on an episode of uh, The Odd Couple that I saw when I was a kid. 
Was he actually he looks like he could play a live action Linus too. Oh, I mean, he looked like Linus. That's that was the funny thing. Well, there was all sorts of there. There was a around this time there was a char, like a hit Charlie Brown Broadway play. Right. Um. <laughs> Snoopy's cool. Yeah, where do they get all these bones, man? <laughs> Snoopy's a badass. He's just chewing those bones up like they were nothing. <laughs> he like might be part pit bull. Watch out for the yellow ones. <laughs> exactly. This was also in the days before acid rain. <laughs> See, it's actually nuclear fallout. That's why you never see any adults in these. Well, yeah, a lot of people didn't know that this all the whole Peanuts universe is right around the Love Canal. <laughs> Charlie Brown's got male pattern balding of a 40-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> he could still Linus is so young he could still see the tongue marks where they pulled him out on his head <laughs> but yeah back in the back before this and since this they would they would have adults play little kids ro roles in right. these cartoons and it oh that always drove me nuts I, I always right. hate hearing little kids being like you know all the little boys are they're all played by women you know just doing their like Bart Simpson style too bad the post office isn't as efficient as the weather service. <laughs> it's back to the future two line. Did you notice the snow like instantly stopped when when Charlie? Now this part makes me nuts. Watch the sign on the front that says the doctor is real in through this entire scene. It makes me crazy. All right, is it going to do some sort of switcheroo? Yeah, yeah, you want keep watching. Is she wearing a yarmulke? I don't know. Van Pelt is in a very Jewish name. <laughs> See? Oh, continuity! Continuity! Well, somebody, I hope somebody lost a job over this. Maybe somebody will do a director's cut someday and fix it up. Oh, yeah, if George Lucas did this. Oh, I would love to see some Rontos in this. <laughs> That part where they go into town to get the Christmas tree, I could just see some, some Jawas riding Rontos through yeah. the scene background. That would be awesome. There's little Imperial floating camera droids floating all around right. their heads. Continuity! You have chlamydia. Jephorobia. Sounds like a kind of workout. I have pantophobia. That's why I don't wear any. Continuity! It's making me nuts. I've often wanted to set up a psychiatric help five cents. Wouldn't that be fun? That'd make a good Halloween costume. Yeah, it would. That would be an awesome Halloween costume. And you could make money five cents at a time. Right. Instead of the usual way. The hard have way. Have them drop, have, you know, just have the can actually, you know, to take out the bottom of the can and have it, you know, like a repository, like a bag underneath the thing. Where uh, I'll, I'll like, have it lead right into my pockets, man. Screw it. <laughs> Cha-ching. I like that idea. My wife laughs at this part every single time because she went to school for real estate. Real estate. 
As a kid, I totally didn't get that. Did you get that? No, I just thought it was as a five-year-old. You know, like yeah, exactly. Well, that was peanuts, though. That 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 was the peanut jokes were. But I liked how they set up the whole Snoopy thing. He just walked by Charlie Brown, and Charlie Brown watched him walk by, and you could tell he was thinking, "What the hell is this dog? He's up to something." (laughs) What's he up to now? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Something's wrong with that hat there. It's so right, this fu- part makes me nuts too. She's outside in her socks. She doesn't have a, a hat on her head, and she wants him to stand out in 20 degree weather and write her a, a note to Santa Claus. Go in the house. Really, and she's about two and a half years old too. You know, where are right. these kids' parents? You know. This was the know, 70s. They were probably having fishbowl parties and swinging and stuff and <laughs> neglecting all their kids. <laughs> Drinking cocktails out of snifters. <laughs> hanging around on shag rugs. Meanwhile, their kids are running out in their socks in the in the snow. Right. Hooking up way too early. She's two and a half years old. She shouldn't be. She obviously has a crush on Charlie Brown. And Linus. Charlie Brown's her brother. Oh, she, oh, that's right. She's the one who likes Linus. That's right. Charlie Brown's yeah. got Peppermint Patty after him. Yeah. Peppermint probably, Patty, she this wasn't is in this one, though. Probably the, one of the most iconic animated sequences ever. <laughs> for its, uh, I mean, remember right, in high... I like the name dances. You've got... Right. <laughs> switch scenes on me too quick. Well, you, me, and Randy used to just sit yep. and one at, one at a time go through all the... The dances. I used to have enough hair that I could do the hair back and forth dance. Yeah, those two little little girls that are doing that head back and forth dance, they remind me of the two twins that are in the cantina sequence with Han Solo. Man's best friend. <laughs> well, it's real good seeing y'all here. I watched this last night in preparation for this. And I kept waiting for the part where they were drawing a pumpkin on the back of Charlie Brown's head, and then I remembered, oh, wait, that's a different special <laughs> <a different> one. <laughs> okay, lumpheads, let's get this uh, straight. <laughs> what I wonder is Charlie Brown is so unpopular people hate him so much they always openly mock him yet he always ends up like captain of the baseball team director of the play he has no self confidence at all how does he even get these you know in the in the first place <laughs> alright you've got the Frankenstein you got the uh, all right. They're stomping grapes. <laughs> what are they doing? That one's the uh, hangman. Um, she's she's doing the armpit sniff. Yeah, she's doing the <laughs> armpit check. That's my favorite. The one, the kid with the yep, neck. The back Go, and forth. That was the one we used to do the most. It would crack us up. Which one? The back and he- back and forth head. The back and forth head, where he's just sort of switching back and forth. He's a little kid oh, that's up. Hangman. The yeah. <laughs> The twitch. (laughs) The twitch of the death nerve. All right, this was that's the one I always hated. The girl with the naturally with curly the naturally hair. It's like, shut up hair. about your hair already. God. That was what you're supposed to. They're they're all iconic archetypes. 
in a Joseph Did you know Campbell that Pigpen is the same voice as Charlie Brown? Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. No, I didn't I know that either. a little bit of reading up on this last night. So it turns out that some of these kids couldn't read, and that's why their deliveries are the way they are, because somebody would, like, read the line to them, and then they and then would repeat say it, it back. back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's got... That deli- I'm sorry? The audio has a cut-and-paste quality to it. Right. You could tell... That became iconic, though. It really did. Yes. It became the sound of these things, and I kind of like it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It gives it, it gives it a, it's, it, it, now this wasn't the, I think it started with, um, the, um, uh, what's, what's the name? It was a couple and I, and I was raving about one of their animations, um, about a rock that I had finally found, uh, the Hubleys, I think was their name, the, the, the Hubleys. And, uh, they did a lot of that. They, they did a movie called Cockabooty. That was their two little daughters playing, What's and the they just tape box? record them. Yeah, look at that. They got a long box in the corner there. Yeah, I want to know what's in there. Oh, probably little Lottas and, and little Dots and uh, little baby Hueys. <laughs> Don't look at the camera. No, usually animated characters only have four fingers, to, or, you know, four digits in total because after this part I started watching to make sure that they consistently have five fingers and they do I thought that was pretty cool it actually looks like he's got a sixth one growing out of his wrist there at one point I wonder if they'd get away with that potential slugging these days have you watched these on TV anytime recently in no. the past say, three or four Christmases? No. Yeah, they've, they've attached little modern, uh, you know, because they only these only run what like twenty minutes or something, right? So they've attached little modern um, additions to the end of them, and you can see that there's been some, you know, some PC behind the scenes crap going on because they're just you know they don't have. I don't want to say edge, but you know what I mean. I mean, these were definitely made in a different time. Well, this, I mean, this isn't necessarily a very edgy, wasn't a very edgy cartoon. It was pretty much like, right. it's very traditional in spirit by saying, you know, right. commercialism's bad and, you know, Christmas is, is the right. Christmas spirit rather than, than commercialism. But it just shows how much our society's changed around it. That like yeah. a little sister, a little sister putting a fist up to her. I don't know. I guess on Cartoon Network, there's there's stuff like that these days. The part of this, I always wonder if they would, you know, if they would do, if they would allow on TV or allow in the same respect is uh, is Linus's little speech toward the end of it. And I, I w- I've always wondered if they caught any flack for that because I know that uh, you know three years later, when uh, Borman, Lovell, and Anders read from uh, from Genesis on Apollo Eight, they caught all kinds of flack about that. Well, you know, because I think I think what happens is is and and I'm 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 not a religious guy, but at the same time, I really could care less if anybody's religious or not. You know, sometimes I can make fun of people who have like really goofy beliefs or whatever. But the thing, I, I I don't think this caught flack because 
it's a it's a TV special. It's not any. I think the I think the the atheists who get really like up in arms and write letters about it, when they do, they the, the Apollo thing. While I wouldn't get upset about that either, I don't see anything wrong with that. They could be right. like, well, you know, this this guy is representing our government, which is supposed to be not supposed to be any kind of denomination or whatever. Even that's sketchy. But you know, I, I don't I don't think that many people get up in arms over like that expression of religion. I mean, when this was put out, nobody was you know everybody everybody whether they were religious or not probably watched this and was just like, oh, what a nice set sentiment, you know. And I mean, that's, I hope so. that's how I've never been religious, but I've always loved this show. I've never looked at it as a religious show. It, you know, he was just basically Linus. It could be taken religiously because he's quoting scripture and stuff at the end. But he's doing it to make a point rather than to just sort of be like, you know, Jesus. He's saying, you know, it was right. it was an anti-commercial. It was right. it was. And this was during the time when, you know, Madison Avenue was probably really getting down the whole Christmas marketing thing. Right. You know, so I, I always saw it as more of a reaction to that than than as like religious proselytizing or anything like that. And it was Char Charles Schultz always had um, Bible quotes and. Right. In, in his, well, see, that's what had... I like about it. And I, I'm telling you, I, I you know, I, I hope I don't live to see the day when, when there's, you know, people protesting to have this taken off TV or something. I, I'm glad that it's it's played continually you you see, know, I... every Christmas since since 65. I, I think there's something nice that there's still, there's... you know, in, in a modern world where there's so few decent and wholesome things on television. I like yeah. that this is still out there and. You know, I, if they if they get any flack, they don't care. They continue to run it because it's a classic. I like I, that. I, I don't think they're. I, I just don't see. It's it's one of those things. Okay, maybe if they put it out this year, you'd get right. some people getting up in arms in it. But it's like a it's like your family dog or something. You know, this is like right. one of those things. There's there's just gotta be. There's definitely people who are like, I hate it, or I don't like the message or the Jesus in it. But they gotta be such a small proportion of people because everybody's grown up with it pretty much you know everybody hey, every christmas music schroeder was my second favorite <laughs> he's cool because he had his shit together too linus and schroeder have their shit together everybody else is a psychological mess in this except for snoopy who's like the fonz you know Sno right snoopy's the like uber character in this but yeah well we got unibrow all of a sudden did you see that and watch his back too. His back keeps twitching up and down. I know he's got that weird now. lump at the bottom of his back. They're gonna have him in a back brace before the first. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's gonna get one of those scoliosis checks, and who's, they're gonna. Who's playing the drums? He's got one of those. Who's um, playing the bass? It's it's. He oh, it's just, a synthesizer. Yeah, he's just got one. He just hit a little button, and it's like a little Hammond organ there. You know, like my grandfather <laughs> had. He just hit the, you know, you could hit Bossa Nova or whatever. <laughs> That's a great part. Say, by the way, can you play Jingle Bells? 
What I really like about this is in this one part, it actually, they make it sound like one of those little toy pianos actually sounds. Oh, yeah. I thought that was hysterical. They, they the guy who played it played it sarcastically, too. Right. It, it's awesome. <laughs> the power of music. You don't get it at all. I mean, Jingle Bells. You know, Santa Claus and Ho 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 and Mistletoe and Presents to Pretty Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I just noticed that was his middle finger, too. Right. <laughs> I mean, the Charlie Gardner tree. The, I was just going to say the Charlie Brown Christmas tree is there's still people using that. You know, look, we got our Charlie Brown Christmas tree for, for sh you know, the it's become the iconic code word for a shit Christmas tree. <laughs> right. Look at Charlie Brown. He's just like. It looks These like he just lost his whole family. He themselves and... to blame when he winds up in the bell tower. That's all I got to I say. I know, I know. It's, you know, it's not what, it won't, they won't be able to say they couldn't see it coming. That's right. all I'm saying. I think half these kids have high blood pressure, too, because I keep noticing their skin color keeps changing to, like, bright pink and back yep. again. I think they need to be medicated. I'm telling you, man. There's 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 a cooling tower right down the street from them. Poor Charlie Brown. I hope when they graduated, he just got as far away from that shit town as he possibly could and never went back. Man, these kids just clump around in little groups. <laughs> And they're all on one side and Charlie Brown's on the yeah. other. I like this part. I always used to tune out when I was a kid because it was like church, you know? <laughs> and I wanted my toys, goddammit. That kid's skull is not right. No, no, I'm telling you that, like, that's right where the tongs grabbed his head during birth. <laughs> he's got the gut of like a, a, he's got the body of Pete Hesh. Basically, this is what we're talking here. It's not healthy. It's like a little Biafran baby. Well, there you go, Charlie Brown. How'd you like that? There's your answer, smartass. I know you thought it was a rhetorical question, but <laughs> <laughs> happy now? I guess you are. <laughs> but see, he's got that smile on his face. It's not a happy smile. It's the smile that goes, ah, it'll just all be much better once I kill them all. <laughs> I finally realized what I must do. <laughs> first, I must go burn this. First, I'll sharpen this tree into a spear. <laughs> Screw you guys, I'm taking my tree and going home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, a hat on your head. And and you know, really this is like the 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 great granddaddy of South Park too in a lot of ways. <laughs> I wish we had spinning stars like that. Wee wee wee. Right now, a universe. Drink enough, they'll do it. Right now, a whole solar system is being wiped out as their star goes supernova. Right. 
<laughs> whole planets are just going. Wah! Oh, what's up, Charlie? He's like hopping now. It's the middle of the night. Yeah, <laughs> well, I know. It's... My parents would have called the National Guard by now. Mm -hmm. I mean, and these kids are all just out wandering the neighborhood at 3 a.m., you know? This commercial dog is not going to ruin my Christmas. Maybe it's like um, Lord of the Flies or something, and all the parents are dead, and the kids have just basically. <laughs> That's what I said. But. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> so that's what a dead tree looks like. I hate to tell you this, but that tree was dead the moment they <laughs> nailed it to that cross. <laughs> the minute they clipped the bottom of it off from the roots, yeah, and nailed right. it to the cross. It's the oh god. I never noticed that the tree was nailed to a cross. It's not bad at all, really. Maybe it just needs a little love. Maybe it needs a root system and and some ground lines. <laughs> I don't know. And meanwhile, you know, where's Snoopy coming out with the pump shotgun like, hey, 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 I worked all day on this. You kids get off my lawn. Where'd the pop come from? Huh? Where'd the popcorn string come from? Was that on the doghouse? Oh. There's all this stuff on the, on the tree now that I don't remember being on the doghouse. Maybe there's snowballs or something. Oh, <laughs> it's the middle of the night. <laughs> Don't you people sleep? What did you do with my tree? I'm serious. This is the one part where there needs to be an adult come out in this and go, I'm going to call the cops on you kids. <laughs> Throws a bucket of water on him. <laughs> and of course the, uh, the we can't get through this without mentioning the Vince Guaraldi music being like oh, some of the yeah. most awesome music ever yep and uh you know just a really w another weird choice to put in like sort of minor chord jazzy music in there I think it bears saying that, uh, you know, it, it's not Christmas to me without seeing the, the Charlie Brown Christmas. That's that's one of those high water marks for me that that kind of sets the season without it just doesn't feel like Christmas. You know, that's my opinion. And I'm sticking to it. Well, I haven't watched it. in a, Well, I watched it a couple years ago when we did the first craptacular because we had to cut it up and uh, do horrible things <laughs> with it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last time I saw it. <laughs> what do you think? Time for a little break? Time for a little break. We'll come back with a couple more bits of mail. And um, what are we, what are we going to do next? I will tell them when we get to it. All right. We'll return after these messages. The dawn of an age. The founding of a family. You know we haven't done enough research into the effects of cosmic rays. We've got to take that chance. Conditions are right tonight. Let's go. They're penetrating the ship. Our shielding isn't strong enough. I feel like I'm burning up. Too heavy. Can't move. 
too, Kirby. We're all alive. I feel so strange. You're fading away. I can't see you at all anymore. Look what's happened to you. You're changing. Oh, Reed, not you too. What happened to me? To all of us? I can fly. We gotta use that power to help mankind, right? And so was born the Fantastic Four. Or soon the Mole Man will have the entire world in his power. I am the mightiest living mortal on Earth. And now, mankind shall feel that might. The Fantastic Four. Little do they dream they're the palms in the hands. Oh, Doctor Doom. The Human Torch will be the Puppet Master's next victim. You earthlings can't change the way I can. That means I'm the most powerful person on Earth. I've been expecting you, for I am the Thinker. I vow never to return, my lord, until the Fantastic Four are no more, and the Phantom Earth is no more. You're in the presence of the awesome Ravatons, King of Kings, Master of Men, and Lord of the Seven Sons. Fool, you're just a muscular freak. Blind or Hulk. Stop! You must not enter the castle of Diablo. My journey has ended. This planet shall sustain him to the living drain of all elemental life. So, speak, Galactus. Flame on! It's clobbering time! The Fantastic Four from the very beginning witnessed the origins of a legend. The Fantastic Forecast, ffcast.libsyn.com Now, back to our story. Alright, we're back. And we got a couple more emails before we go into our next mystery Christmas special. Yes, the next one up is from our good buddy Jonathan Kreitz, and he writes about uh, TTF episode 294, which was commentary monthly Monday on Poltergeist. He says, hey, freaks, I have to say that I uh, felt you were in rare form on this commentary. Maybe the veracity of the early 80s suburbia unlocked something in your comments, but I thought it was a great listen. Here are my notes. I love this movie. I don't think I saw saw it all the way through uh, till college, but it is one of my favorite horror films. I always uh, read that there is some dispute over how much of the direction, performance, and tone of the film was due to Hooper or Spielberg. I think you hit the, uh, he says male, <laughs> the male on the head. I think it's supposed to be nail on the head. That this feels like the dark side of E.T. Yeah, I thought that was actually a, a really good observation. I don't know which one of us came up with that. Yeah, but I, enough I with the mail bashing there, uh, Christ. <laughs> In regards to the family not leaving ASAP, uh, when you are confronted with the supernatural, it can be hard to turn off the rational part of your mind. Ah, uh, no, it ain't. Not, no. Uh, it, Spooky there's, stuff there's something sl- I get the hell out the house. There's, there's like you know a, a glass slides across the table or a few little noises in the house but when trees start jumping through your window and trying to eat you and <laughs> and stuff like that yeah that then then you can't really just go i don't know maybe it's not happening maybe it's in our minds i don't know he says i know it's been mentioned a dozen times but i would love a ttf beatles episode yeah so would i he says i started listening to them in depth with the 2009 remasters and went off the deep end. Yeah, I think we need to make that. Even if it's just a a yellow submarine episode, I think we need to have a Beatles episode and uh, and soon. I'm kind of itching to do that. 
says, meanwhile, at Starfleet HQ, he says, ha, I laughed out loud at my desk at that comment. I don't remember. What, what was that part? Was that? I guess that was part of the commentary. I don't remember. It says, uh, your comments give me an idea for an awesome Jaws slash Poltergeist mashup on YouTube. <laughs> I uh, actually really like uh, that it's not over when Carol Ann escapes with her mother. Uh, I still think uh, this can be done. It's just uh, hard to be done well. The dolly zoom in this film is iconic, right up there with the Brody Beach zoom in Jaws and all the classic Hitchcock vertigo zooms. I agree. Absolutely. This is, again, great stuff, guys. And that's from uh, Jonathan Kreitz in Houston. Planet Houston. <laughs> and next up, oh, this one's a nice, good modern one right here. This is about uh, TTF episode 301, Commentary Monthly Monday on Galaxy Quest. Which uh, I have to, uh, I have to confess, I haven't finished listening to yet. I got to the point where you guys are about to start the movie, and I realized, you know, I haven't seen that movie in so long that I either need to rewatch the movie or watch along with the movie. So I haven't finished it yet, but I, I plan to because I like the uh, the preamble discussion. I agree, I love that movie. This is first off. Oh, this by the way, this is also from uh, Jonathan Kreitz. He says, first off, I love this film, and I'm really glad uh, it. Uh, I dropped it as a suggestion in the thread on the forums uh, i'm sure it was probably suggested by others too but i'll take credit thank you very no, much pretty much was him that got us to do yeah, it i think so too yeah. yeah second i definitely noticed the distinct lack of scott on the recent uh ttf output looking forward to him coming back soon yeah well, well there you go i don't know when that'll be <laughs> be careful what you ask for <laughs> Now, on the film, he says, I wonder how close the beginning of this film is to the actual experience of the original class, uh, cast, rather, in that uh, pre-Star Trek The Motion tr uh, Picture slash um, Trek convention scene in the 1970s. I would be interested to read about that time period. Do you all know of any books uh, about that time? Um, the only one I can think of off the top of my head is The Making of Star Trek The Motion Picture, which someone generously gave me a copy of that not long ago. I want to say it may have been Janet Gerard. I forget. Somebody gave me a copy of that book, and I have yet to read it, which, you know, I'm disappointed in myself. I haven't just torn through that book yeah. yet because I'm such a huge fan of that movie. But I've been holding it in reserve because eventually, eventually it will happen that I will do a, a commentary for uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture, and I want to read that book in uh, in preparation for that. Beyond that, I I can't think of anything. Maybe uh, maybe Shatner's movie memories. You've read that one, right? Yeah, that's got some stuff in it, mostly about Shatner. Surprisingly enough, <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly centered around that. Shatner. Yeah. The casting in this film is truly inspired. I was a big fan of Tim Allen from his Tool Time role uh, as I was a kid when that show was on, and I love all the uh, and I loved all power tool self what i loved all power tool self injury i i think that's supposed to read differently but that's what it says uh sigourney weaver is great in her comedic role i agree with chris uh with chris that she's played uh, a much straighter role in ghostbusters i could go on the cast is truly special the general theme of fan <laughs> the general theme of fandom really struck me as a kid and resonates uh just as much now I was in the ninth grade when this came out and saw it in the theater, along with Episode One, The Matrix, and many others. That year in movies really cemented my love for cinema and genre, and Galaxy Quest has a special place in that foundation. What a killer concept. It's real. It's all real. So cool. Uh, I would like to see a list of the references. The villain ship 
what is definitely a play on the doomsday machine the desert planet is reminiscent of vasquez rocks and uh, in arena and i always thought the minefield looked like the tholian web somewhat also i uh, seem to recall sigourney having some alien references in there as well you didn't mention it specifically, but the Tommy character was definitely a play on Wesley Crusher. Shut up, Wesley, he writes here, which I like. You know, I uh, I had a thought, too, about that character of Tommy in this. I can't help but wonder if he may have inspired the character of... Um, oh, crap. No, I'm, I'm going to totally blank on the character's name. But, you know, the, the navigator helmsman in Enterprise. Because in oh, that show, know. they only had it. one. One of those things that always kind of bugged me a little bit. But, you know, they, they just had the one. Instead of, you know, having a Chekhov and a Sulu, they just had one guy sitting there. And it was uh, it was the young black guy. I cannot remember. Mayweather, was that his? Yeah, Mayweather, I think, was his name. I don't know. I can't help but wonder if, if this movie inspired that, possibly. I, I have no idea. You were going to say? Hmm? No, no, no. <laughs> So glad you're paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> says Rain Wilson uh, was definitely one of the aliens. I forget what scene he was in, uh, and I don't think he spoke. Anyhow, great movie, great commentary. Need to look uh, into seeing if it's on Blu-ray. And again, that's from uh, our buddy Jonathan Kreitz. It's a good job without me. <laughs> All this time. <laughs> Thanks. All right, so are we ready for uh, for our next selection here? Yes. Ready, right, so Santa. We... Wait, oh, okay. All right, I was just going to say, are we going to spoil what uh, what it is that we're getting into we here? We have I to, or, or else they won't know what to queue up. Right. <laughs> queue up well, any yeah, random guess... Christmas special right now. Oh, yeah, and... there you go. <laughs> All right, so from 1964, we've got the holiday, the perennial holiday classic favorite, whatever you want to call it. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And uh, I like this one. This is another one I used to watch every year as a kid. But as I get older, I find more and more very, very disturbing things about this movie. Not yes, the least this, of which this... is that one of my heroes, one of the people I've looked up to most all my life. Um, how do I put this delicately? He's a prick in this movie. He really is. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, it's just not. And there's not a little just... continuity problem with his voice, too. I think I know what you're talking <laughs> about. And we'll we'll get to that when we get to it. But shall I uh, shall I yes. uh, fire it off? OK, on go. Give us the countdown. Yes. Three, two, one, go. All right. Da -da 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 -da. This looks like Watertown. And people pushing their Studebaggers out. What? What's that? We're frozen with the... Oh, what does that mean? I don't <laughs> what is the it. sanitation army? Yeah, the sanitation like army's digging us out. <laughs> I was watching the beginning of uh, of Elf the other day, and it was on in the break room as I was eating my lunch, and I, I was taken aback again how you know they really captured the look and the feel of the beginning of this uh in the credit sequences to that movie which is a movie i gotta confess i'm i'm not all that keen on i like parts of it but overall i really i'm not a fan of what's his name that's will the, ferrell. The, yeah will, will ferrell i like the norelco snowman here <laughs> I know. I think of that every time I watch this i think of that old norelco commercial it, they used now to I play that during this when we were kids yeah you're right 
Now I wonder how many of our listeners are going to get that reference. Well, they have a new Noralco. They've they've been making remakes of it. So there's still oh. Santa on his Noralco, but they've it's more modern. Of course, the number one Seals Ives. Like the birds, don't they? Christmas turds. <laughs> Santa's got some swanky digs. It looks a little like the Tower of Terror, but it's some swanky digs. Now, they really need an interior decorator because you notice even the food is the same color as everything else. I know. <laughs> he's just got some, it looks like he's just got some like wood shavings on his plate there. Now, who was that woman? Because she's not the same Mrs. Claus from the other specials. See, I it's never saw any of the other specials. Oh, okay. Yeah, it disturbs me. I love this they are. Each each one of these Rankin-Bass, you know, uh, yeah, maybe Mr. Santa it? switched up the Mrs. Santas every <laughs> once in a while. That's what, they they never use their first the, name, you know? His wife swapping Christmas parties, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, this divorces every few years and a new Mrs. Santa. There was Darlene you, uh, Santa and there was Trixie Santa. <laughs> Brandy Santa. Maybe he's kind of like Henry VIII where he just does him in every so often right. and gets it when you know? Right, he feeds him to the elves. <laughs> <laughs> Soylent Green you know, is Mrs. Claus. He had been not only a big recording star and in a lot of movies, especially Disney movies by this point, yes. but this is what I'll always remember Burl Ives oh, for. Oh, sure. But he, he was... Uh, I love Burl Ives, though. We used to make fun of him as kids, you know, because yeah, he was we just did, like yeah. some old recording guy that our parents were listening to or whatever, but... He was actually kind of square for our parents, you know. Yeah. But now, now that it, you know, now I love. He's, yeah, he's a great, great singer. There's a song that he does for Disney. I'm trying to remember what which movie it's in. I think it's in Summer Magic. But there's a song he does called uh, "On the Front Porch." Have you ever heard that song? No. Oh, every time I hear that song, I get choked up because I think of my grandparents. But it, it's it's just it's an old guy singing a song about how sweet it is to be with his girl just sitting on the front porch passing the time. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful song. I like this credit sequence. I really do. It's so funny. I, I totally, um, you know, I, I when I see this now after film school ruination and stuff i see the little track <laughs> that they got the cat you know they got the camera oh, on the yeah. track and you can see it like wiggle a little bit it's great but this i like on the uh the furry characters how you can see the the fur mat and change and stuff as, as they were manipulating the character handling like, them yeah. yeah like king kong Is he supposed to be like a newborn? I th yeah, he's kind of dry and big. For Did he just squeeze out of Mrs. Rudolph? Because, man, that <laughs> must have been painful. She should be all sweaty and just like... Now, in the Animal Child Kingdom... Prodigy. He speaks already. Yeah, I know. In the Animal Kingdom, like, he would take him outside and just, like, stomp him to death, you know? <laughs> That's how the Animal Kingdom deals with mutations. All right, is this Santa Claus or Sherlock Holmes? Because he's <laughs> skinny. 
He's got the deer hunter cap. That's just wrong, seeing as how he's going to check on the deer. Mm -hmm. I see you've put him in a nice bed of uh, pipe cleaners. Jesus Christ! He's a mutant! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Santa Claus is near. Maybe... Wait, 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 wait. Maybe Just because he has a different colored nose, he might not make the sleigh team? That's discrimination. I know Santa Claus. Santa Claus should have would have the ACLU on his ass so yes, quick these exactly. days. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they'd be like, "Yeah, don't give us your jingling song, Santa." <laughs> and OSHA wants to talk to you about the uh, the the elves' working conditions too. Look at these living conditions. I know. I keep my I keep my employees in. Where 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 are your employees? Oh, they're out in the cave back there. Right. I mean, there's no sign of any food. There's no running water. What are they? You know, where do they go to the bathroom? Wherever they want. They're deer. I mean, this is. <laughs> these are horrible conditions. I hear they had to cut out. They have just that ratty old busted up rug for the woman to lay on. That's it. Well, I hear there's lots of outtakes where the deer were shitting and pissing while they were filming. And they're like, oh, gotta do another take. This is a part I always expect them to go, I got your nose. We'll just put a little scurf on it and you're, you're fine. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> I love the music to this. I have the soundtrack to this somewhere. It's awesome. It's like, I just don't know how his body actually made glass. He's part cyborg or something. <laughs> and okay, I just noticed... It's just a laser beam. I know. I just, I just noticed that the clock on... On um, the snowman is reading two o'clock. Let's see if the clock changes. Wapa wapa wapa. <laughs> exactly. I can't help but wa but think after watching this again after so many years, if that wasn't somebody's idea when they made the Empire Strikes Back to, to you know make it somewhat oh, reminiscent yeah. of this part, you know of this that movie. Used to, I, I'm telling you, that used to scare the sh. Shit out of me as a little kid. I knew one of the two of us were gonna say that. Yes. Just me too. I totally agree with you. Sitting there dumping in my drawers during any part with the bumble. <laughs> Did you notice some of the absolute shit toys that they're making here? These are like the toys I used to get. What is that thing? Yeah. And a swinging gate. Yay! It's like a lathe or something. See, he's a mutant, too, because he doesn't have pointed ears like all the rest of the elves. He's got a hormonal pro- yeah, I know. He's also a little bit gay, I think. Not to be politically incorrect, but... I said that to somebody, and they're like, they're like, he's not gay, there's nothing gay about him, and I'm like, except for the lipstick, and... Now, I was uh, both very proud of myself to to finally find confirmation of something that I had long suspected about this movie. But in finding that confirmation, I also made a discovery that shocked the hell out of me. Now, I had always believed that the coach 
the you know the reindeer coach i think it's comet is the coach right mm-hmm. i've always thought that his voice was the same voice as j jonah jameson from the old 60s spider-man no, this cartoon. is for a while no it is it is. It actually is that that voice. I can't remember the actor's name. He does the voice of actually all of the reindeer, right. including Rudolph's dad. This guy, this Hermie, is the voice of Peter Parker. Peter Parker, right. Yeah, I was like, whoa, I didn't, I never realized it. But now that I hear it, it's like, it's it's so obvious. Well, well the, I never realized it before. The Elf Foreman guy, he has a hormonal problem, and we'll find out, we'll see that later coming up. The guy was just like, Hermie! <laughs> He's just putting on his butch voice. Yeah, well, he drops it sometime soon. Oh, shit, I forgot <laughs> to check what time it was on the clock. Oh, well. <laughs> no beds. Oh, that sounds like my father. Um, if you're trying to teach the kid self-respect, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why do you have to stop and sing every two minutes? I used to sing that a lot, actually. <laughs> It says two o'clock. I think it's broken. I guess they did his his lines all in one take. <laughs> Man, they had a busy winter of uh, mating in uh, the North Pole. Santa's like, I can't feed all these deer. Uh. <laughs> The... Doesn't look all that bad at the North Pole. I wonder what happened to these guys when the hole in the ozone opened up. My name's Fireball. <laughs> I was born with a venereal disease. But a bump. Maybe that's why uh, Rudolph developed the red nose. Maybe it was a mutation from the right. solar rays or Maybe something. Maybe that one's called Fireball because his balls glow like Rudolph's nose. You just can't see him right there. <laughs> I think they should Elf practice. <laughs> what a prick. Well, actually now listen, listen to his voice. It's Lawrence Welk. Yeah, well, wasn't he just good? All right, everybody, like two I seconds ago. He was putting on his butch voice. I know, it's just like. This actually explains many, many, many of my shitty Christmases as a kid because rather than being in there, being busy, making the toys that I kept asking for, these idiots are standing around singing yeah. this stupid song. This is elf practice. What good does this do to get Christmas, get get it done, you know? No. That elf always reminds me of uh, Dennis Menace's dad. Oh, look at the camera. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Santa's like, oh Christ. Yeah, whatever. How much longer is this? <laughs> He's already getting sick of that, Mrs. Claus. She's her days are numbered. <laughs> I 
And I wonder if, like, Santa, this song gets stuck in his head and drives him nuts all day. Hey, put on some underwear there, uh, dude. <laughs> Jesus. Why is everything purple? Because they're, because the, it, the, it's a, it's a condo and they share it with Prince. <laughs> it's a sub, sublease. I thought he was going to cut his ear he cut off. the end of his ear off, I know. Nah, it sucks. Well, it needs work. I have to go. <laughs> what a prick. I know. What's up Santa's ass? <laughs> that sounded terrible. The now his voice is back. Wasn't our fault, boss. Herbie didn't show up. What? Now, this won't hurt a bit. <laughs> That's every dentist I've ever been to, rapping on my front teeth with a hammer. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I thought he quit. Didn't he make a big deal out of that just a minute ago? Yeah, well, I guess they didn't uh, accept his resignation. <laughs> I think Hermie is short for hermaphrodite, is what I think uh, what they're what they're trying to say. I think they wouldn't let him quit because it's actually slave labor. Yeah, oh yeah. You don't quit Santa's workshop. <laughs> the ones that quit Santa's workshop quit in a box, if you get my drift there, Hermie. Soylent green as elves! <laughs> exactly. I'll never fit in. That's right, you won't, so go away. <laughs> I, I guess I'm on my own now. I, I, I guess you are. <laughs> 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 hey, what do you know? Hey, hey we got to make more reindeer for next year. It's got to be tough getting that bow just right in your hair when you don't have fingers. I'm just still thinking about like when you're a little kid and you watch this and then <laughs> your mom goes, we're going to the dentist <laughs> and they just listen to his voice. Parker, get out there and give me some good pictures. <laughs> it's his voice. It's J. Jonah Jameson. I love it. He would do a great, like, gangster voice, too. You want to play the reindeer games, huh? Nobody plays the reindeer games without paying me, see? You want to be the tough guy? Just once, I want to hear him go, Parker! Piss off the, piss off the reindeer. You get the horns. <laughs> See? <laughs> See, this kid's just getting him in trouble. Why don't you just stay there like you're supposed to? <sighs> then they have to have the obligatory love story. It's actually like a superhero film because he has a secret he's not sharing with her. <laughs> right. <laughs> and later on, Fireball will have a secret he's not sharing with her. <laughs> but the way I talk. <laughs> I should remake this with live action. 
<laughs> remake this live action with Sylvester Stallone as Rudolph. Hey, what's so funny about the way I talk? Yo, Clarice! You got a big nose, Rudolph. You know what they say. <laughs> about reindeers with big noses. Yeah. What a, yeah Parker, what a... get back here and get me some pictures! <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you see what you do when you get a blowjob, kid. <laughs> Sorry, Christmas listeners. <laughs> so much for the kids being able to listen to this one. <laughs> ah! Free! Jesus Christ! I love how their eyes just go fucking berserk. <laughs> this 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 show really had like some crazy eyes, and there's some knocked out dead eyes that come later that are just like really bizarre. What are you talking about? What? That makes me nuts. <laughs> You would think that Santa Claus, of all friggin' people, would, you know, be able to accept people for the way that they are. He lives in a house full of elves and talking reindeer and snowmen. A reindeer with a red nose is just, that's, that's just so too giggling. far. And a dentist elf is too far. <laughs> Come on. Not in front of you. <laughs> I still say it should shoot laser beams. Yeah. Did she say any doe would consider herself lucky to be with you? Yes. Hmm. I wish. Hmm. I wish. Don't oh, sing! Jesus, buddy, you gotta sing every five seconds. And 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 let me <sighs> let me ask you this: When you were a kid, were you like, "All oh, right, it's the singing part"? No, this is the part where we tuned no. out. No, chips or something. I still Flip remember channel. all these songs, but it, oh, look, here come the. <laughs> yeah, it's Rocky Raccoon. <laughs> I always get nervous when wildlife slowly surrounds me like that. You know what? <laughs> I always used to take a, a lot of umbrage with the fact that the Rainbow Connection starts out with why are there so many songs about rainbows? But actually, this song's about rainbows, so I, I guess I got to take it back. What is with these birds? I don't know. They escaped from Snow White, I guess. <laughs> Go away! That's just creepy. I have nightmares like this. Those are not the voices I would expect to come out of a bunch of bunnies and raccoons, too. <laughs> <laughs> but you know... Are there raccoons in the North Pole? I, 
I don't think there's bunnies, birds, or raccoons, or reindeer at the North Pole, to tell you the truth. I don't think there's uh, Christmas trees either, but... Or... Why you gotta do that? Everybody knows the bumbles are in the Himalayas. I'm telling you, this is Three Mile Island. These are all taking place near Three Mile Island. <laughs> that was the last special. Or maybe this is more like Chernobyl. I think this is actually like Adelan, where the, where the Inhumans live. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if they walked by the Fortress of Solitude or, you know, I don't know, the guy's never home. Prick. What is wrong with these racist assholes? I know. Racist, they're racist, homophobic. Yes, it is. That's why there's a big yellow spot in it, Hermie. No red nose and no, no curly toes, if you know what I mean. He does. He does seem a little curly in his loafers there. <laughs> and you have crossed eyes. Independent. Independent. Incoherent. <laughs> Somebody's throwing shit at him. <laughs> There's a sniper taking pot shots at him like a jerk. This Christmas tree is defective. Santa's in his lounge going, I'll get rid of both of those bastards and wait, 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 wait. <laughs> at the same time and nobody will be the wiser. I just caught something. I think dentist is actually a euphemism in this film. Mm-hmm. It's not if you mind me being a dentist, dentist in quotes. And uh, an oral specialist. <laughs> 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 He's also apparently a top. See, he was just saying, different from the rest, and he was pulling on his ears. See, he knows that he doesn't have pointed ears. It's different from the rest and pulling on his ears. I think that's definitely a code word. I think he's going to get his ears <laughs> pulled on later. Well, okay, stop, Chris. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> what? What was that? <laughs> Why am I such a dipshit? <laughs> What kind of violent, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Why do they give me so much shit? <laughs> Get out of here! <laughs> Homophobic fish. What is it with the North Kong Pole? Is like and throw this log down into the <laughs> exactly. Com grabs the other grabs the other side. It's full. That that whole chasm's full of killer bugs. Yeah, what are you gonna eat, you morons? Oh, this this part totally needs a probot CGI'd into it. He must see your nose. Message a mud flap. Wampa! It's Goofy Tooth. It's Walt Adler. <laughs> oh, that's only funny to us. <laughs> it's Yosemite Sam. Mush, you bastards. 
I never caught this until this viewing, but this Yukon Cornelius is a very thinly disguised Yosemite Sam. Yes. I never caught it before. The part where he's having trouble getting them to go, and then he's having getting tr having trouble getting them to stop. That's right out of the old Yosemite Sam commercials with the cam or I mean the uh, cartoons with the camel. Yeah. Whoa, camel. Whoa. When I say whoa, I means whoa. I would just like to point out that he has both a revolver and a knife. Yes. This will become important later on in the film. I am Yosemite Sam. I have and a, a nice revolver pick. and a knife. Nothing. Oh, please don't sing again. Oh, you know he's going to sing. He's going to sing the song that you, me, and Randy always, but he's got a banjo. Guitar punched. or banjo. Please don't sing. Oh, God. God. <laughs> You and Randy and I used to just mock this song forever. <laughs> With a scale. Why is everything purple in their world? No, no, that squirrel needs a dentist. Still two <laughs> o'clock. He's saying some bad words too. They're just, they're, it's like they're just editing it out. <laughs> Oh, you, you know, this guy was like in the in the studio with a bottle of scotch. Silver and gold. <laughs> See, I actually like this song. Don't get me wrong. It's just this is actually on our playlist at work. So every two hours. <laughs> so, this one and there's another one. I'm trying to remember which song it is. There's another song in this film that's on our playlist, too. I forget which one it is. Holly Jolly Christmas, most likely. That's it. That's it. That's the, yep, that's, the one. that's the big one. Yeah, that's the one. And it's got <clears throat> your sister's name in it, too. Yeah. All decorations. Wow, is that tree glowing like that? We're near Chernobyl. <laughs> I'm telling you. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, the, that, that, that foil's just soaking up I radiation never... from... Yeah. From Chernobyl. Watch this. He's going to pick him up by the necks. I just caught this today, too. Hammox <laughs> and guitar strings. Meanwhile, you know, the, 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 the ASPCA would be, like, all whipping these dogs. It's all ready for, like, a Sarah McLaughlin commercial. Like, <laughs> <laughs> He's got a poodle. Wapa! <laughs> It does look like Walt Hadley. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Alright, at this point, I think they need to take Rudolph out, you know, Rudolph out just to, you know, cut their losses. If it's really his nose giving them away. If this was I, The Walking you know, Dead, they'd just, like, yeah, they'd just yeah, shoot him in the leg and leave him for the. <laughs> If this was a quick, it's in the RV. I know, and all those dogs, they should be like red shirts, man. They should be getting gobbled up. We're screwed. We're screwed. <laughs> 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 
thing scares the shit out of me, even at 44. Well, back in the day, he looked like a mad, wild snowman. Now he looks like one of those guys that, like, sits on the internet all day and stalks little girls, you know? <laughs> <laughs> looks like the guy who'd show up at, to catch a predator. A <laughs> you know, they come, Mr. Bumble, would you like to have a seat? Um... <laughs> Oh, I could see the strings there for just a minute. Yeah, now we're adrift in the ocean with even less chance of food and... Yeah, and what were you going to do? Mine the, the ice flow that you're on <laughs> if it did have gold? They better hope they don't drift south. I thought you wanted gold. <laughs> exactly. I've changed my mind. Well, well, well. That's a cool effect, though. They just don't make them like this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Um, except that he's not a man, he's a deer. <laughs> Mrs. Donner and Clarice decided to set out on their own. Yeah, that's a smart, smart one. Come on, kid. <laughs> yeah, and f everybody knows fog is dangerous. <laughs> 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 yeah, that, I don't want to comment on that. <laughs> it's a good line, though. No, they got that kidding. from an old McDonald's commercial. <laughs> I'm sure that McDonald's commercial got it from them, actually. <gasps> Holy shit, it's Narnia! Aslan! <laughs> it's Charles Nelson Riley in a box. <laughs> it's Edwin. Or the Ed, I don't know if it's Edwin, but it's the Edwin voice. This guy is definitely going to accept Hermie as one of him. <laughs> oh, and look at you! <laughs> Where did you get that lipstick? No child wants to play with a Charlie in the box. <laughs> Yeah, but there's some adults that'll play with a Charlie in a box. <laughs> oh, Jesus, not again. Can, can, I'm, can three minutes go by without a song, please? I think it was roughly three minutes. At least everything's not purple anymore. I always thought that, you know, what is this, like the dump? <laughs> That's usually where... You know, the, most of these toys aren't that bad. I mean, you know, give them to the welfare kids or something. Exactly. You know? The one that scares me, though, is that, you know, they never say what's wrong with the doll. So I'm going to call her Psychotic Sally. That's what I think's wrong with right. her. Right. She grows up and, like, boils your bunny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I made a great catch. Actually, I've been making it for years, ever since, you know, I was watching this as a kid. But I, I, I had to verify that I actually saw what I thought I saw in this one part, and, and yes. 
Yes, I did. It's it's horrifying toward the end of the picture. <laughs> yeah, I am actually I'm not seeing what's wrong with most of these toys. I think most of them are psycho, like those ones in Nightmare Before Christmas, you know? It's right. like you put them under the tree, and then when the kids come out, they try to eat them and stab them and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they all have bad personalities. They, they should CGI, like, Chucky in here. and Right. They're the bad toys. That's and, what it uh, is. The, for the fortune-telling machine from the Twilight Zone. Spotted elephant that's got, like, that disease from and, and nine monkeys or something, 12 monkeys <laughs> or whatever. Contagion elephant. Uh, who would have a toy gun, too? Right, make note of the fact that the bird doesn't fly, he swims. I actually like the cowboy on an ostrich. See, that bird's trying to fly, and he, he can't. It's important. It's an important plot detail. Okay. I'm remembering. I'm remembering. <laughs> Writing it down. Bird can't fly. Teddy bear's got wings. I think that's kind of cool. He's got wings on his ass. I apparently. think the bigger problem with the cowboy is he has no eyes. <laughs> How about a blind cowboy on an ostrich? <laughs> Moonraiser? Seriously? Right, yeah, right. So what, he's putting him on eBay or something? <laughs> he totally sounds like the Guardian of Forever, too. <laughs> A question. Since before your blah 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 burned hot in space, I have awaited a question. Actually, it's Santa's voice if you listen to him. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out, yeah, dude. Yeah, thanks, dude. Yep. Except for me. <laughs> Why you got to pawn your problems off on me, dude? Seriously, I'm already a misfit friggin' elf exactly. that wants to be a dentist, and now you got to pawn this responsibility off on me. Deal with your own damn broken toys. Let's talk about pay. Let's talk about silver and gold here, Aslan. Does <laughs> that job come with benefits? And then get the hell out of my <laughs> Or I'll kill you! Oh, great, they give him leprosy elephant to take him to their room. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad I didn't know the word bestiality when I was five years old. I have an idea. Um... Uh, he is endangering the, his friends because it's 30 below and the friggin' door's open. Close the goddamn door! Close the door! I know, he's taking his time, you'd think... No, he, do he doesn't close the door, so I think this story should end where they froze to death yep, during the night. Yeah, they find their frozen bodies. I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> yeah, Rudolph, we won't tell you. We won't tell you what a dentist is. You're too young. You don't need to know yet. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah? Let me see your clock. It's still 2 o'clock. Yeah, 2 o'clock. Yeah, it's passed real slowly. <laughs> this really does need a CGI special edition, like with some walkers and stuff, some tauntauns. <laughs> I'm serious. I would forego the entire finale of this movie if they suddenly battled walkers at the end of it. Um, I don't like that shot. It was right when he said wonderful things, too. <laughs> oh, yes, you can. <laughs> if it's a bumble, you probably should. <laughs> we saw your picture on the milk carton. <laughs> he should have brought Yukon's gun with him. Exactly. <laughs> it's a Columbine situation. <laughs> Months. Well, maybe you shouldn't have run me off. I'm very worried. Yeah, exactly. He's not worried about them. He's worried about being able to make his production quota. Exactly. Santa is the man. <laughs> See, look at his so dead soulless eyes. Whoa, there's a couple of grays in that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why are the elves hanging around outside with Christmas presents? Who put the Christmas presents outside? <laughs> it's a cool looking cave though. Isn't that where Val lives? This always used to just freak me out when I was a kid. See, the special edition would have Luke hanging from the ceiling. Exactly. Why is he getting so excited about Rudolph when, uh, what's his name, Dasher or whatever, is a much bigger deer than Rudolph is? He's also, <laughs> wasn't he looming over mountains a little while ago? Yeah. <laughs> he just bashes his I know, skull. with a rock. <laughs> Tell me when it's over. Yeah, I'm with you, though. That used that to That used to just freak Jesus me out, out. yeah. I'm like, why are you telling this story so calmly, old man? He's just whipping, whipping the shit out of those dogs, yeah. Scars on their backs and stuff. The weather is very inconsistent during this. Okay, I just want to remind Yukon, you have a gun, a knife, and uh, Thor's hammer, apparently. So... <laughs> I have an idea. Let's shoot him from this distance. He looks like he's given a lesson, doesn't he? Yes, he's, he's sure taking his time eating these guys. You'd think he would have just popped them <laughs> like popcorn by now. <laughs> he's getting the kettle warm. <laughs> 
It's always important to preheat the oven. And he gets down on his hands and knees to yeah. imitate a... S to squeal like a pig. Huh? <laughs> squeal like a pig, huh. boy. <laughs> huh, interesting. <laughs> See, the live-action version could have Ned Beatty as Hermie. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, a, a rock doesn't cave in Rudolph's head, but all this snow, like, knocks the... <laughs> right. Boink. Oh! Okay, that does the trick. All right, Dennis. You take it from here. You have a gun. Let's get out of here, Parker. <laughs> this part used to freak me out, too, because now he does Exactly. <laughs> now he's, he's truly Pete Hash. <laughs> he's got to gum everything. Yeah. He has no teeth, but he couldn't stomp you at all. No, I'm going to starve to death. Sure, he still has gargantuan strength, you know? Like, he just like, pick you up and rip you in half. Like, there wouldn't be just blood dripping down the Bumble's chin right now. <laughs> all his teeth pulled out. <laughs> you know, come to think of it, I wonder why they haven't done a live-action one of this. They've bastardized everything else live-action version. The Grinch was on the other day, that one with Jim Ke What a disgrace, yeah, man. Yeah, Sloppily, sloppily lazily made on top of everything, like all filmed on like very apparent sets. It was, yeah, it's horrible. It, it was disgraceful. I wanted to throw something at the TV and it wasn't even my television. It's gross because it all, ha all that shit happened after Dr. Seuss died. He made sure yeah. that none of that happened while he was alive. As soon as he was dead, his family was like, ooh, cash in. Yeah. And we've had the like, like I saw the Horton Hears a Who movie and that was okay. But come on. You know, why? Eyes like a doll's eyes. <laughs> yeah. Santa's kissing ass now. Put on some pants, Jonah. <laughs> Jesus, that's obscene. No wonder you're such a crabby asshole. He actually looks a lot like Michael Bailey now that I think about it. <laughs> well, I would hope Michael Bailey wears pants more often. I don't know, man. He does a lot of podcasts. <laughs> that's true. <gasps> Wampa! <laughs> no flash photography. <laughs> All right. Well, why do we pay him He's... when he just did it? <laughs> He's just winning their confidence. Later, he's going to go bananas and start tearing up the place and tearing elves in half and stuff. So, as soon as I he finds a bear trap, he'll just stick that in his mouth and have some teeth back, and that'll be the end of it. <laughs> That does look like uh, Dennis the Menace father. That's yeah, like every supervisor I've ever had. Just stand back and watch everybody else work. Purple toys, purple toys. <laughs> <laughs> purple food, purple steak. <laughs> purple steak, purple steak. I will not eat it, Mrs. Claus. I will not. 
because you touched it with your dirty paws. I will not eat it in my purple house. I will not eat it with your purple blouse. <laughs> purple knife. What the fuck? That's right, Santa. I've been so good this year. Stingy old bastard. I'm going to have to write a letter to every child. That's got to be one great uh, fireplace over there, because I would imagine it would be hard as hell to heat that place. I know. <laughs> What, why 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 would they why would that be bad news it sounds like they get a vacation <laughs> only works one day a year and it's a snow day yeah so we hang out and play video games that that day <laughs> Santa wash your hands for Christ's sakes what's up with that Santa he's up and down chimneys all I night guess long. so. I can use you now. You're all right. Right. Yep. Exactly. I can use your disability to my advantage. Diversity is great when I can exploit it. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I've, I've said that a few times. <laughs> now, does that mean he gets a parking spot, like, right in front of Santa's castle now? <laughs> Pop him right in his mouth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this guy trying. Ah, son of a bitch. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, he's all nice about it. Uh oh, stay away from that, Hermie. Yeah, I was going to say, is Yukon Cornelius grabbing up three of those she elves. Come on, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> We're under the mistletoe. <laughs> I ever tell you? Elves bounce! <laughs> and a good thing, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, holly jolly Christmas. He's dancing with a girl. Uh, well, you know, they're always good dancers. He's a sharp dresser, too, I notice. <laughs> His hair is perfect. Wait, 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 wait. What does that chart say? <laughs> it's the alphabet. <laughs> That's the screwiest map I've ever seen. <laughs> Holy shit! I guessing. was just gonna say. Oh, those elves sure are filling. <laughs> the doctor says that this rapid weight gain and weight loss is really dangerous, Santa. It's really bad for your liver and. <laughs> We're gonna throw them a bone too. Oh, that door! It's holding a witch's tit out there. <laughs> As someone who's been close to a few witches' tits, that's a that's a <laughs> old wives' tale. This 
part I didn't remember. About the peppermint? Is that a part that was caught when we were kids or something? I don't know. I don't like the way he's looking at Yukon. We're going to have to raise this whole building to get to the peppermint, though. <laughs> Poor pandemic elephant. <laughs> It's like an elephant with chicken pox. Or Charles Nelson Riley in a box. Don't say it. Don't say it. Aww. That part kills me every time. Poor psychotic Sally. When you squeeze her head, tears come out. We're going to like that sorely disappoint some little children this year. I know. The kids this year are getting all the freak toys. At least they're not purple. Ready, <laughs> I know. Some poor little kid's going to get a, a choo-choo with square wheels on its caboose. What a shitty toy. Is Rudolph old this enough to work? This actually explains it. Huh? Is R Rudolph is child labor? Now it's nighttime and it's still two o'clock. Wait, 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 wait! Did he just say up, up, up and away? That's isn't that like plagiarism? Yeah. Well, this is still gonna be better than the uh, Zack Snyder Superman movie. Anyway. <laughs> this is very it's still true. gonna be a better Superman movie. <laughs> okay, make note. Psychotic Sally, she gets an umbrella. Pandemic elephant, umbrella. Bird that swims doesn't fly. No umbrella. <laughs> I never liked you. <laughs> they dropped him over a lake. <laughs> Watch that first step. God, that would get on my nerves, though. Is it like a tea kettle flying over our heads? I still think he should be like Cyclops where like a beam shoots out, you know? That's it? That's all the presents you're going to give out? Yep. Night's over. Stop looking at me. With those cold, dead eyes. <laughs> <laughs> like a doll's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was fun. Now I expect to hear the ET music. The little Amblin music at the yeah. end. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That was fun. All right. Well, we need to take our last break and come back with uh, with the gem that we saved for last. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha, let me go beat myself over the head in preparation for this one. <laughs> okay. For over 40 years, he's been insulted. Boy, are you stupid, Charlie Brown. Called names. Charlie Brown is a blockhead. 
and shot down. Thanks for the Christmas card you sent me, Violet. I didn't send you a Christmas card, Charlie Brown. But this Christmas, the boy in the jagged striped shirt has had enough. Paramount Pictures presents... Give him hell, Charlie Brown. Rated R. Holy nightmare. So we all know who Robin is, right? Short pants, bad, holy insert object gear jokes, kind of weird relationship with an older man who dresses like a bat. I know, right? So not what Batman needs. Thing is, if that's your impression of Robin, then you don't know Robin. I'm Tom Panneries, and for most of my comic collecting career, I've been a Teen Titans fan. Moreover, I've been a huge fan of Robin and Nightwing, so I've decided to take a look at those who have worn the costume in a podcast miniseries called Taking Flight. Taking Flight focuses on the life and career of Dick Grayson as he evolved from Boy Wonder to Nightwing. I'll take a look at his origin story, his time with the Teen Titans, and his evolution into Nightwing. Along the way, I'll also look at Jason Todd and Tim Drake, stopping right after Zero Hour when Dick left the Titans behind. Episodes will come out just about every week at takingflight.potomatic.com, and you can find show notes at popcultureaffidavit.com. Join me as I take a look at Comic Dumb's most famous sidekick, who is a vital part of Batman's mythos. All right, we're back with freeze, our freeze. getting ready for our last masterpiece of Christmas. <laughs> but before we go into that, into the the next mystery, uh, oh. huh? I got the wrong wrong <laughs> Christmas special queued up. Okay, hey. I'm good. But before we go into that, we got just a little more homework. We got. We got uh, a little house cleaning. We got one more email, right? We do. And uh, this one here, full disclosure, this is one I sure hope that the uh, the author of this one doesn't mind my reading this on the show. Oh, it's okay, man. Um, I don't mind. This was, uh, <laughs> this was addressed to my personal email, and I didn't get permission to read it ahead of time, so I'm, I'm really hoping that he doesn't mind. But uh, I wanted to read it for several reasons. For one, I, I thought it kind of fit the tone of the show, you know, Christmas and the holidays and that sort of thing. Uh. Um, it also, you know, a, as you guys know, and I haven't really spoken about this till now, but uh, I, I took a little uh, impromptu hiatus from the show Um for a number of yeah. reasons, which uh, I, I, I'm, yeah, at, they at noticed. this time, I'm not really... Oh, I know they did. At this time, I'm not really fully prepared to discuss all those reasons, but uh, I, I will say this much. One of the reasons, um, one of the big reasons, actually, was... Uh, I, I don't know how to how else to put it. It was just kind of depression. I was just kind of bummed out. A lot of it was burnout, but uh, some of it was just being bummed out, and I just, I just needed a little break. Anyway... I got this uh, this email not long ago. And I'm the one who's what, a burnout man. What the hell? It really, <laughs> it really, uh, it really bucked up my spirits. And uh, and you know, there's no hyperbole in that. I, I'm I'm really serious. I, I got this email just right at the right time. You know what I mean? Every once in a while, you know, fate just 
brings nice things your way and, and makes you feel better when you're feeling kind of blue. And, and that's just how I was feeling. And, uh, and I, so I wanted to share it with you. And uh, this comes from, and I sure hope I pronounced this last name right. His name is John Hijat. It's H-I-J-A-T-T. I'm, I'm going to say Hijat or Hijat maybe. He says, hello, Scott Gardner. Happy Thanksgiving. Just a note to you, Michael, and all the other Two True Freaks hosts in your uh, podcast bullpen. Thank you for the work you do on the podcast. Yeah, all I, the other hosts. Thanks, dude. <laughs> all them other assholes. I am yeah. a letter carrier. In well, San you Diego. got one of the two true freaks there on the <laughs> on the list, there, buddy. <sighs> Maybe I'm getting I, a little depressed now. Uh, I'm sorry. He says I am a letter carrier in San Diego, and the various podcasts keep me going, uh, keep my day going well. Okay, wait. I, I, I want to. If he's listening right now. Did you know John Sparacino? He was a letter carrier in uh, San Diego. Oh, I thought he was a disease carrier in uh, He Rust. was. You could be both. <laughs> I'm sure if this guy knows him, <laughs> he's got some stuff to say. Don't. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Just don't hold it against us, dude. He says, I miss the All-Star Squadron podcast, though. He says, hope they can come back sometime. Uh, a good companion would also be the invaders um discussed and discussed um mike and i you know we we didn't stop tales out of any sense of ah, nobody's listening or boredom or anything like that it it purely i swear to god comes down to scheduling it's purely scheduling um my schedule's been horrible his schedule's been horrible we both have a lot on our plates and Rather than let the quality of the show suffer by rushing things or whatever, it, it was just kind of mutually decided that until we can get our collective acts together, it was best to just let the show go on hiatus, as painful as that decision was for us to come to. But we have both uh, been talking off air um, quite a bit uh, recently about tales and our love for the both the show and the subject matter and how nice it would be to try to get back to it again so we're, we're working on it promise uh, i'm sorry it's been such a god-awful long hiatus and uh, by the way we have actually talked about uh doing some sort of something with the invaders at some point so keep an ear out if we both you know live long enough we'll eventually get to it he says uh john continues about me he says i'm a 47 year old guy who started comics with the legion of superheroes in 1976 good man this is pretty much equally a DC and Marvel guy getting both off the spinner racks. I read all, I read almost everything. In the 80s, I stopped almost, uh, almost altogether due to being in the Navy. Thank you for serving your country. He says space issues. And after that, sporadic. 90s and 2000s were even more sporadic. Hardly anything I like anymore. I'm rereading all the old stuff and a little in the new DC, World's Finest and Earth 2, Supergirl, uh, maybe pick up some others, but really enjoy the podcast. If you ever, ever need another Bronze Age guy uh, for an additional perspective, I'd step up and help out. Hey, I just might hold you to that. Says, by the way, I'm just now getting into Marvel Star Wars. I know I read the movie events when they came up, but the ongoing didn't show up on the spinner racks in my small town. And my allowance, on, uh, allowance only allowed so many subscriptions. But I have all five volumes of the Dark Horse reprints and enjoying them. Now I have to go back and get all the Star Wars podcasts. Thanks again and enjoy the day. And that's again, it's from John Hyjet. 
Um, John, if you're on the forum, um, drop me a line. Let me know who you are on the forum. But uh, definitely don't be a stranger. And thank you very, very much for the email. I really appreciated it. Um, you know, I always like both hearing, you know, that, you know, that you're enjoying the shows, but also what shows you're enjoying. But more than anything, I like other origin stories. I like hearing how other people, you know, got into whatever the subject is, you know, in this case, comics and, and that sort of thing. And just, you know, how you discovered the show or why you like listening to the show, you know, that that atmosphere of, you know, camaraderie that, you know, we it sounds like we're we're of a comparable age and have comparable experiences of old comics. And so I like that sort of thing. That's entirely the, the feel that that we're going for here on the show. So welcome. Um, I hope that uh, you continue to enjoy the shows. And for guys like him or gals, gals like him <laughs> or gals that are that are wanting to play catch up on a certain show like the Star Wars shows, um, my best advice Rather than going to the Libsyn site and navigating around through all the menus there, go right to our forum, uh, forumforgeeks.com. There's a Two True Freaks forum there. And in there, and I keep it up to date when every new episode comes out, is the Two True Freaks episode omnibus thread. And that has every single release that we've ever put out on our Libsyn thread by Two True Freaks and by all our other Demonza Corps. And they're all right there, so you can go to the one section that's Star Wars Monthly Monday and work your way all through if that if you're a mind to do it. That's my plug. No, you, right. you did a phenomenal job with that, by the way, and I don't know that I've ever really given you proper kudos because that had to be a monumental task, and uh, and I know the, the listeners appreciate it. I know I appreciate it. It was now... one of those compulsive things where it was like, ah, you know, I'll work on this a little bit every day, you know, right. to get it done, and then I started doing it, and I was obsessed with getting it all done at once, so I did it all in one night. But... We needed something like that because Libsyn, as great as it is, I think Libsyn's probably the best host for podcasting that you can find when you weigh out when we weighed all the. But but finding back episodes of shows can be quite a quite a daunting task. I end up I end up going to Google most of the time right. if I want to get what. Well, now I can go to the omnibus and just just click on it. But yeah, and you know that'll that'll. Uh, Plus, you go over to the forum, you get to talk with us. How awesome is that? That's not a rhetorical question. I want to really, you guys need to tell me how awesome that is. Because I have no idea. All right, we, I, think we, I think we've been putting this off long enough. Oh, good lord. All right, guys, we're, 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 we're reaching forward. We're going, jumping ahead a decade to 1974. Back to Rankin Bass. But, Get off your ranking badge and watch this with us. Yes, because uh, I will. I'll be interested to know how many people have this in their Christmas library. Uh, not me. Specials, not me either. Well, I do now, but <laughs> let me put it this way: I weren't gonna pay for it, so. <laughs> yeah. But you know, maybe they'll catch it on TV or something. Yes, we're talking about "Twas the Night Before Christmas" <sighs> from 1974. Ranking badge. Now, let and, me just say one thing. I do like the original story or poem or whatever it was, the, the little newspaper thing that this is taken from. As a matter of fact, when my kids were little, um, somewhere Moore, in the, the house, guy wrote we the have the Star Spangled this... Banner. I get them confused. Huh? 
Was Clement Moore the guy who wrote the Star Spangled Banner? Maybe I'm getting him confused. No, that was Francis Scott Key that okay, wrote Okay, so it was Clement Moore who wrote Close the Night Before Christmas. No, he was the Lone Ranger. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. That was Clayton Moore. <laughs> I was being the Jesus. Send me the Jesus. <laughs> All right, oh, so anyway, I'm dragging like our feet on this. Oh, yes, we are. Santa, well, you know, I need you today. Somewhere, somewhere in the house. I think we still have it anyway. Some, I, I don't even know where I picked it up, but it was this beautiful, oversized children's book, and it was the night before Christmas. You know, split up. It was like a, you know, a paragraph per page or something like that, but it was these beautiful, like, 19th century illustration right right just gorgeous absolutely gorgeous now if they had adapted that i would love this not much and happens instead, in that though santa just shows up and gives him presents and leaves it'd yeah, be like a but, that's like a, a a five or ten minute short cartoon they had to pad right. this out into they had yeah. to figure out some way to work anthropomorphic mice into it yeah, they had to make it, you know, pad it out for 24 minutes. But somewhere out there, I want to say, I think it's one of the Silly Symphonies, maybe? But somewhere out there, that what I'm talking about, actually, now that I think about it, I think was adapted. I, I think I'm almost positive it's a Disney Silly Symphony that uh, that is... I don't know it's necessarily called The Night Before Christmas, but it's definitely that that story. Like that, yeah, you yeah. know, Santa in the middle of the night and leaving presents type of thing. But yeah, this, I, I'm just going to be honest. I never liked this. I never liked came, this, but I watched this it every year. Only, really? Because this may be the only time I actually sat through it paying attention to it. Because really, like, we, we had talks about our, our Christmas stinker for this episode, and there was a toss-up between this and Frosty the Snowman. And it was almost a coin toss that brought this one to the plate. Right. But, but both of those, I watched them, but I didn't like. It was like, oh, okay. But you know, I watched them because I knew, you know, the 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 peanuts were after it, or or Rudolph was after it. Um, but yeah, but I I sat through them, but I would be grinding my teeth during the songs, much like I will be today. So you want me to count this down? We're just we're if you can't tell, we're just like stalling. As should you be. At least this. Oh, you know what we did last year? Didn't we do the Christmas, the the holiday special, the Star Wars holiday special? So this did won't we? be. Yeah, I think we did. I know we did a commentary over it at one point. Did we really? Oh yeah. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Oh yeah. It must not have been very good. <laughs> I, I I'm kidding. I, I have no idea. It's, did we really I, do a commentary? Yes, and it for was that? awesome, Scott. And everybody should oh, okay. go listen to it. I must right. have been drunk or something. <laughs> well, come on. We were doing the Star Wars Christmas special. I should be drunk right now, actually. But... Yeah, really. All right. <sighs> really? On, Do we have to? On go. Uh -huh. Three, two, one, go. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to work on my uh, scanning project while we're doing this. this I got this awesome stack of comics up going to be talking about um soon of comics i got from our buddy uh, scott rifen so uh, i've been working on that a little bit here and there wow this is craptacular animation too well that's the thing you know this is what i hated about it these little goddamn 
chunky-cheeked kids with the weird mutant two teeth. <laughs> they just have these two big upper teeth. <laughs> I don't like the voices. The voices creep me out. Yes. Yeah. They're, well, they're kind of generic-y sounding voices. Oh, shoot. I'm out of sync already because I, I just screwed up. I thought I was turning down my volume and I was actually back. All right, you want to start it over again? Yeah. <laughs> Since we're only one second into it. <laughs> I, I say you leave all this in, too. I did. I screwed up. I, I thought I was turning the volume down and all, all of a sudden the picture was backing up and in, like, chunks and i was it, like it was Whoa, fate. Wait, somebody was trying to call me on skype they're just like i'm gonna choose this time to call chris oh was somebody calling you somebody was calling me on skype and so it was faded all right you ready all right yep i'm ready three two one go all right <sighs> yeah 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 crappy animation <laughs> you know. it's too loud why are the other files so quiet and this one's so loud? It's like porn, man. Why do they record porn so loud? You'd think they'd have porn extra <laughs> it quiet. Wife and kids in but, the middle of the night. Yeah, your coworkers. Hey, and it's Charlie Brown Tree. I didn't notice that before. I like the the like chewing tobacco stains all over the wall. And look, okay, back to those teeth. Observe them. They have one upper plate of teeth with just a separation, with a David Letterman separation in the middle. <laughs> Everybody in this goddamn town has those same goofy tooths. Even the mice. Maybe this takes place in England and they're all like inbred or then something. Where's you know? their, then where's their goofy accents? Oh, that's true. See, I don't like the way everybody talks like they're medicated. Mm -hmm. This guy, this the father here, he's like so mellow, man. Not even a mouse. Oh, this animation is just crap. If only I could sleep. Well, when I was a kid, I always thought of this as a, a more this thing's almost 40 years old now. You know, in a couple of years it'll be 40 years old, but it was it was new compared to um, the other Christmas specials, and it just seemed cheaper and crappier, you know? Yeah, it is. But when I was a kid, that's how it was. I remembered seeing the old Bugs Bunny cartoons and seeing how wonderfully they were animated, and then seeing the newer ones and going, oh, it was like this, you know, not just simpler. This isn't for us. It's for Santa. So it's this. And this. This is another show. This is another one that shows what a, what a, just generally a prick Santa Claus is. That's <laughs> 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 true. Oh, you don't like me? All right, well, I won't come to your crappy town and leave you any presents. Exactly. How do you like that? One person. How do you like them apples? One person doesn't like him in the town, and then... Ca the and then Santa's an egomaniac. Yeah, yeah, Santa's, Santa's no a... Even the little cripple kids get screwed. <laughs> <laughs> so how you been? You doing all right? I'm doing okay. This town is weird, man. Half the people just stand in one place and don't move. Even the lady with her hand out in front of her like she's pointing. See, this should be animated by, like, Jack Kirby and Herb Trimpey and stuff, like those old Marvel <laughs> have cap shields just zip across the screen, take out this stupid Mr. Trundle guy. It's, this is one of those things that galls me that I always hated this cartoon, but I know this song and it always stuck in my head as a kid. 
I'm afraid it's going to get stuck in my head now. Oh, no, what do you mean, down out of the Milky Way? What is that all? Close the door! What is with all these characters that don't oh, wear? Oh, I forgot about the even a miracle needs a hand. time in cartoon world. We're fixing the watches and bumbling around because we're fucking ranking bass. <laughs> I'm sorry, this one sucks. Have I said that one yet? Ah, oh, do not like. It's got that that twee. Their names are all like Trundle, Trundle the Clock Fixer, and Rabble, 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 Even the mayor had two teeth. It's two top, two tooth Sylvania. Twin Toothylvania. This is Father Mouse in Junctionville. Am I coming through? Father what? Mouse, what are you, a priest? Is that Bob Newhart? Listen, yeah. <laughs> that would make this amusing, man. I've been watching the old, I know you don't like them, but I've been watching the old Newhart episodes one by one as when I eat dinner every day. That's my my meal uh, little tradition lately. And oh my god, those shows are great. Yeah, if you say so. I'm telling you, man. Larry, Daryl, and Daryl are comedy gold. What letter? Who wrote it? You say so. Hello, hello. Back issues. It's just got that old timey, that old timey that America never was. Uh, yeah, America never had uh, talking mice that fixed watches. If that's what you mean. The mayor looks drunk, man. The mayor is pickled. Mr. Mayor and Honorable... <sighs> I think we all know what the problem is. Look, there's Leonard Nimoy's on the oh, left They all know what the problem is. The animation sucks. That's what the problem is. ...has taken an unconscionable attitude of hostile retaliation toward... What? Oh, heck, he's mad at us. That's just what I think, too. The mayor's voice is some classic... That guy, I've heard that guy's voice a billion times. Very handsome, Mr. Tundrell. But, uh, how will a clock make him happy? It's not an ordinary clock. At exactly midnight on Christmas Eve, when Santa is flying overhead, he'll hear this. Well, the show is going so good up to Yeah, now. I know. Like, yeah. Oh God! Don't don't sing. That's, I forgot Stop about it. this stupid Santa. Yeah, that's what's gonna make Santa change his mind is to hear this saccharine. Big enough for Santa to see it. Authorized construction at once. Second. All those in favor? Yeah, I was thinking earlier, even though I thought we were doing a, a bang-up job, and I, I especially thought the Rudolph section was, was very amusing and everything, but it was starting to kind of bum me out a little bit that yeah. ultimately nobody's going to hear this episode. Right, well, that's you know? why I'm saying it doesn't matter if there's big pauses in this because, you know, this won't come out by, yeah, by the time this is supposed to come out, it's going to be long past the 21st, so yeah, we know how that goes. Yeah, the Earth will have been just... 
little chunks of rubble floating out in space for what two three days by that point kind of makes you think huh that like in these last hours of life that we're sitting watching this piece of shit (laughs) i know know. this is how we're spending our final days i could be on i could be watching internet porn right now (laughs) (laughs) Uh, is there any christmas pornos and here's another thing that pisses me off. It couldn't be. Not the smart kid. Yes, father. I said, yes, father. He's wearing Thelma's uh, sweater, too, I noticed. Little atheist mouse. <laughs> little atheist mouse. <laughs> That's what he is. He's a little smart-ass atheist mouse. M4. <laughs> Write God and tell him you're sorry. Why not? Now that this would be a great show if it was the end of the world and they're like, write Jesus and tell him you're sorry because he's not coming around when the end of the world comes. Like for instance, we have to make a special clock to <laughs> to lure him over here. Oh Jesus Christ! Ah! <laughs> now you turn into a two-tooth leprechaun. Whoa! I didn't even take anything before this show, and that shit's not right. Whoa! All right, this is far too trippy for me. Maybe that's the problem with this. You know, I can forgive. I'm actually very forgiving about crappy animation. I can forgive crappy animation if the story's engaging or the songs are good. It has none of that. The acting's bad, the story's bad, the songs are awful. That's the Rainbow Bridge. Thor should come down and just wail on that mouse. <laughs> Lucky Charms. Put some clothes on that Cupid. (laughs) You perverts. Ah. Why do we have leprechauns in a Christmas song? Busted Lucky Charms are magically delicious. (laughs) Exactly. He was half Frosted Lucky Charms, half um, the Jolly Green Giant there. And all wrong. Here's our first what? example of how you ruined everyone's Christmas with your opinion. Oh, you Don't dick. Don't put that kind of on. Well, that's too much pressure for a kid. This children's hospital you little bastard. You ruined everybody's Christmas, including including the cripples. He's like uh, the forerunner of internet trolls. <laughs> Well, little black kids are going to jump into the ocean. <laughs> he even drew a picture of Santa. Even Santa in kids' drawings has two goofy teeth on him. <sighs> Wait a minute. That looks like summer to me. Don't quite know everything, do you? Come on, I know. What is this? Is his dad like the ghost of Christmas past and just knows where every, like, horrible thing is happening so he can come show him? Mr. Trundle's been hard at work making a special clock. And they're mouse size, too. That's, that's like, you know, they just went out to the beach and they went into town. That's a lot of walking in one day. Especially for these, yeah, for mice, right. They don't even have, you'd think they'd have little mice wind-up cars or something, since they have a whole telephone system. Back off, you moron. Smack him. He should, he should backhand him in that scene. Well, it's more of a 
Stop I mean, if being was... smart. <laughs> I mean, if there was ever a cartoon that really does need some violence or something, then this was the one. This fucking cartoon's anti-science, man. It's pissing me off now. I never thought of it before. It's anti-geek. You got the one geek character who doesn't fit in. This is the opposite of Rudolph. The geek character who doesn't fit in. Everybody gangs up on him and they're like, look, you moron. Dude, that was every one of these. <laughs> Where have you been? It happened in Charlie Brown. It happened in Rudolph like crazy. He's a freak. He's an outcast. Oh, heck, he made one whale of a clock. Mr. Joshua Trundle. Yeah, but but in in this one, the 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 outcast actually ru does ruin everything and then has to fix it. Control people in this town. Why don't we just send Santa a bribe? Demonzo would know how to get Santa coming back to that town. Let me tell you. Oh shit! Oh no, it didn't. Well, there goes the town's budget. I guess the orphans starve this year. <laughs> and it gets struck by lightning and the DeLorean appears. That would be awesome. This is not winter. Where is this town? It's, yeah, it's in like, maybe it's in like New Mexico south, or something. South town or something? Why are they Walnut stealing Grove. all the stuff? They're coming back they for their clocks. They just raided the place. They're like, we don't I'm trust Joshua you with our Trumbull. clocks anymore. Clock. Okay, that was like a Civil War era statue out there in the yard he just walked through, so I guess this is in the south somewhere. This guy's voice just makes me want to just strangle him. Yeah, it's, sa it's pure saccharin. He's too meek. let me tell you something, Of all the incompetent, insolent purveyors... See, I like the mayor's voice. He's got... He's the only one with character that isn't like saccharine, just generic cartoony oh, wait. voice. Now it's snowing like hell. Alright, I'm confused. Time for your cartoon gruel. Oh, they got piss soup too. That's nasty. That's right, trickle down theory doesn't work, does it, Mouse? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much for that. That is one pathetic Christmas tree. That's worse now, than the Charlie Brown one. It is. Don't worry, Junior. As long as we've got two teeth in our heads, we can still celebrate <laughs> Christmas. I'm sorry, those teeth. And then it looks like the rest of it, maybe they got some teeth in the back that are impacted or something. And those kids needed a trip to Hermie. like alien heads, too. Have you noticed? They're elongated in the back. Please don't sing. We used to make fun of this song. We had some horrible lyrics. <laughs> you piss and I'll moan. You rant and I'll rail. <laughs> I love the oh, postman's like, are oh, you gonna be evicted tomorrow on Christmas? Oh well. Well, Screw see you, you later. I'm broke too. 
Fuck y'all. It's been a hell of a night. <laughs> what postman delivers at 8 o'clock at night on Christmas Eve, I want to know. <laughs> exactly. That's Mr. McFeely, obviously. <laughs> no, actually, it's a quarter to midnight. They're working through the night. Who's watching them through the spyglass? <laughs> Sniper. <laughs> Just anything to make this show better. Yeah, I, I, there's a couple of headshots that are sorely needed in this one, I'll tell you what. He's the first one. That's the next one. I just don't understand what oiling the model of the clock is going to help. We're too cheap to animate this next scene. <laughs> yeah. It's time for bed. That really does look like Thelma turned into a mouse right there. Yeah. You're right, right down to the right down to the turtleneck. What is it? <sighs> I don't want to be smart anymore. <laughs> Now he looks like Doctor Who, the Tom Baker Doctor Who. We'll just go back in time and fix it. Save the clock tower. I wanted to see how it He needs a smack. You broke the clock. I didn't. You broke the clock. First you run off Santa Claus, and then you broke the you little shit. I'll fix you, you little mouse bastard. Exactly. That's okay. I'll just take this book with me um, and completely ignore the fact that you know how to fix clocks because that's what you do for a living. He gets up there in the book's Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I have an idea. Why don't you just get the guy with the, with the, um, with the rifle scope to just shoot Santa down? Take out a couple. <laughs> take out a couple reindeer right up over the town. Not very merry, I'm afraid. You're right, of course. This guy's taken being unemployed and his kids starving to death in perfect stride, though. You gotta say. I don't know. I think he's losing his mind. He's talking to a mouse right now. The wife comes smothered in. Smothered his like wife. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Father Mouse is about right five now. minutes too late because he's already smothered her with a pillow. <laughs> we didn't want her to see another Christmas without Santa. Oh, the show's over. <laughs> I wish. Does this mouse not fix clocks? <gasps> oh, three seconds are up. Ah. Oh. Shed that no Indian soul. by the side of the road garbage tear. No uh, see, I, they, I think they should go to the window and see Santa just sailing right over the town. What's the hitchhiking ghost? I think Santa just uses it as an excuse to cut a bunch of towns out to save time. 
That's what I think it is. Oh, did some egghead write me a letter in that town? All right, screw all of them. That's it, the whole damn town's on the naughty list. Now, they don't explain how, how clockwork makes the voice of children. Especially... There's, there's one of those Christmas card chips in it. This is this is obviously in the, the days of pre, you know, pre-tape um, recorders or anything like this. How is, how is this clock singing? That mouse is deaf as a stump now. Yay! Christmas! Boy, it really suck if Santa didn't come and all we got was this shitty song. <laughs> If you don't believe this is, if you don't believe in Santa, you will not get any gifts. You Man, little these bastards! Hicks. They're really using the hard sell. Oh, there he is, just like clockwork. And this is one messed up looking Santa. Too. I know, I know. He looks I'm, like the play school version of Santa. I'm, yeah, he probably doesn't have any legs, just a little round. Oh, he's stalled out. <laughs> doesn't have any legs. <laughs> no, he's just got two a little round circle that they sit on a. Yeah, he looks like a drunken. He looks like a drunken elf. He's disturbing looking. Spring from your bed. See, I hate his reading of this, too. Slipped on a roller skate and busted my ass. So really, the first one minute of the film and at this point are the actual adaptation of... <sighs> that looks like crap. More rapid than eagles, his courses they came, and he Where's Rudolph? And shouted. He is loaded. He's like W. C. Fields. Why does he have three noses? <laughs> it's cancer. <laughs> cancer. <laughs> this is horrible. God, does every kid in this town have two goofy teeth and Campbell's soup cheeks? That little black family looks like uh, Bill Cosby's old picture page. <laughs> Is uh, on like CBS or something? Picture pages, picture pages. And he smiled and showed off his two goofy teeth. What the hell? Good job, Brainy Mouse. Actually, they are just the same color as roses and cherry. That's about it. And the snow does not have black soot all over it. He looks like a leprechaun more than he looks like Santa Claus. Exactly. Ooh, that's, that's creepy. Don't do that. Really creepy, Santa. Don't be doing that. 
terrified of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head. What was that he put in there? Some kind of like mutant a... Lego or something. Here's <laughs> one. Here's one Lego for you, kid. <laughs> Be lucky like you got that. <laughs> in many countries, that means fuck you. What he just did right there. <laughs> I think that's what Rankin and Bass were saying to us when they put this exactly. Oh my god, did they just... Wow, in 10 years, they went from a, a holiday classic to this crap. Yep. And they fly into the sun, which is where they belong. Yay! It's over. I think that's Hoovel, oh. and that's why the Grinch hates him. Because of this special. Talents? Gates <laughs> McFadden? The Wee um, Winter Singers. Oh, dear that God. That sucked. <laughs> Tom Clack. That can't be the same Don Hahn that works for Disney today. Can't be. Well, he was probably 12 when they did this. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's been worse. Actually, that was the coolest part of the whole cartoon. <laughs> oh, now it's starting the to sad play. thing is, is it's true. Wow, <laughs> that was abysmal. <sighs> Merry Christmas. Yeah, well, they'll never hear this episode anyway. Yeah, it don't matter. <laughs> Guess it's time to go out and mass murder while I still can. At least I've been put in the right mood for it. Whew. Man, what a stinker. Is that how we want to go out? I guess it is. <laughs> Merry That's Christmas to happened. all. Yeah. <laughs> that was awful. Do you ever find yourself going to Amazon.com and uh, buying some record or movie or some stupid thing that two true freaks have been talking about so that you can catch up on it or you've been reminded of it or something? Well, now, how about this? Instead of going to Amazon.com, go to twotruefreaks.libson.com and follow our link to Amazon.com. When you do that, if you buy something over at Amazon, we get a little cut out of it which is awesome because we love money and it won't cost you a thing. You can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, 
Tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libsyn.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of... Two True Freaks. Here's our first example of how you've ruined everyone's Christmas with your opinions.